gentlemen, the show is about to start in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. He'll be found on the mountain. It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Built by the Barnuminium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and part of the Chief Sports Network. Juice Wells, all the way, touchdown Gamecocks. All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show live always from the Sinorama Studios and built by the Barn Dominium Co., thebarndominiumco.com, where you can build your dream home for as low as $160. That's unheard of these days. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> but as low as $160 per square foot. I don't know how the hell they pull that off, but, man, they are magical over there, and we certainly appreciate Alicia and her entire team at the Barndominium Co. The Barndo Co. is what we uh, always refer to them around here. Chicken Cock Whiskey serves our program and serves our network as well, and we uh, cannot thank them enough for supplying us with enough booze to get through football season every year. Chicken Cock Whiskey, you can uh, find it on the app. JC, JB, Phil, here until 2 o'clock today. Mike Morgan will be here at 12 o'clock. Chris Phillips with the Spurs Up show in 30 minutes. But leading off always on Thursdays is the one and not <laughs> – hey, Nat. And uh, the one and only Perry Orth, former quarterback at South Carolina. It is an off week. Perry actually texted me last night thinking that we were all part of the team. Since they get the week off, maybe we get the week <laughs> off, but we don't. Uh, we actually get to talk about them while they're uh, taking some time. Perry, what's up, brother? Oh, nothing, man. Just – Another day, my uh, wife is just left to go to a wedding with uh, her family. It's a family friend and going to Raleigh. So I, uh, I'm i working from home, watching the dog. Fall weddings. Bit. Fall weddings. Yeah. Sinful. I've already been to uh, – this is her second. I've already been to one, and I have one next weekend. Who are these people? What? I don't know, man. It's kind of crazy that they're my friends of all people, but one of my best friends is getting married. Uh, next weekend and and Where? the funny thing is in Bluffton. Oh, geez. The, the crazy thing is, is he is a he and his family are diehard Gamecocks, and I think that his wife, um, I don't think she's as big of a college football fan. I'm not saying that she's not, but so, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna get an opportunity to tailgate a little bit next week, and um, and then I'll uh, I'll watch or I'll listen to the game on my drive down to Bluffton and. 
watch the rest during the wedding on my cellular device. So I did I, that. I, that's uh, in there. <laughs> me and Phil have been there. Hey, you know what? What's crazy? Me and Phil were there in 2019. Carolina plays Missouri. Mike Morgan's actually calling that game on the SEC Network, which is weird. Um, and so our friend got married, and uh, this past weekend at the lake house, uh, watching uh, the Tennessee game afterward, he got engaged again. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there you, that's, there you go. Uh, there you go. <laughs> well, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking, Perry. You know, as I've gotten older, I figure, you know, I just – I'll just go to the next wedding. Like I'll go to your second wedding. I'm not going yeah. to the first wedding. If it's here's my rule, man, and and you guys may disagree. I tell everybody, and it's kind of a joke, but I'm I'm actually personally being very serious. You get one wedding out of me. Either make it work, or I'm not going to the next one. That's fair. <laughs> no, that's, that's totally fair. Uh, yeah, except for in football season, but that's you know that's yeah. No, that's, I uh, <laughs> I got out of this one this weekend because I uh, I showed off my sales capabilities to my wife of the reasons why a big reason why i'm not going is actually at cardinal newman we have the biggest game of the skiza football season we're playing hammond tomorrow night at hammond and uh, they are four and two they are as good as they've ever been we're very talented they got great coaches jeff barnes former gamecock is the athletic director over there and he helps with offense and jay mangus is their oc yep um so getting to Getting to Tell square him. up with my, my old coach, and then John Wheeler, who's their head coach. Yeah, um, he's probably one of the best defensive minds I've ever scouted against. He brings the pressures that he brings at the high school level are just. Um, if he wanted to be a coordinator at the SEC level in college, he could. He's he just sees the game that well. Um, so, needless to say, we have our hands cut out for us tomorrow night but we also have some good coaches and we have a lot of good players and i think that uh i think it'll be a great football game so we'll see well, this is interesting and, and during the bio, normally during the bye week i probably wouldn't dig too much in this it's interesting. i actually saw ga last week got a chance to catch up with them for the first time in a long time we didn't talk that much high school ball but what's he doing at Hammond, like uh, what do you, I, I know you're probably scouting that Wheeler pressure and, and worrying about calling yep. plays on offense and stuff, but you know what what what's he doing these days? Is the same stuff or is he? A yeah, so he's better? a lot of he, yeah. Like as far as scheme, is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he uh, it's inside zone, split zone, still running the quarterback. I mean, hell, he even ran me, which I have no idea why, but he did. Um, he loves running the quarterbacks, which I agree. I mean, you get eleven on eleven and. Um, it puts a defense in a strain. Um, you know, there he's doing the old Spurrier method of just rotating quarterbacks. It's like the 1998 Florida Gators out there. It's it's actually pretty crazy. Um, but uh, you know, GA's got them coached up. I mean, they're yes, they're four and two. They lost to Gray and they lost to Prince Avenue out of Athens. But that's a good football team. They are. I mean, they're 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 the standard in our league. And uh, you know, like I said. Kimry did an amazing job laying the foundation there. I mean, the culture is set that he turned the keys over to Wheeler. And Coach Wheeler, man, he's he got that defense humming, dude. Last year, I mean, we were lighting the scoreboard up, and they blanked us 49 to 0. So um, he, uh, he gave me a nice piece of humble pie, and uh, it was a great learning lesson for me being a young coach. So um, to, uh, to never go too big in, in, into a game. 
and uh, we got a good team. So our, our goal is to try to get one more point than them tomorrow night. Well, best of luck to you. You whip up on GA and tell them that uh, ITG is supporting Perry Orth this week in the <laughs> battle of former Gamecock players and coaches, okay? Yeah, sounds uh, good. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't have a dog in that fight. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to do. No, I, I have should one. Should I just clap for both? I mean, should I not clap? Should I just stand now, there? I mean, there's, I, there's Gamecock coaches all over all over the field, all over yeah. the place. Mm-hmm. Jay Fry's over there. Yeah. And then you got Jay Mangus, you got Jeff Barnes, John Wheeler. I mean, he didn't, you know, he went to Waff, played football at Wofford, but he's a Gamecock as far as oh, the yeah. fan, fan goes. You know, and then yeah. you got Corey Helms, is our head coach. Um, I'm over there. Um, so lo- lots of Gamecocks are going to be. Ryan Brewers, you know, he's uh, over at Hammond and hit him and his his family and they're great folks. And, yep. um, you know, it's just uh, it's basically like a Gamecock reunion at the high school level. So it's pretty cool. You tell, tell Barnes if you're uh, some I know Barnes watches sometimes. Barnesy, if you're watching. Perry, it's it, we're, I'm behind Perry tomorrow night. Sorry, dude. Take it easy on me, y'all, Barnes. Y'all, y'all, won, y'all won 100 state championships. It's time to time to pass the torch. Let us make right. it close. Let us make it close at least. All right. Sorry. No, give me one touchdown, please. Just one. I love you, Barnsey, but uh, it's this is this is Perry's night. Perry <laughs> and Corey, it's their night tomorrow night. That game's at home tomorrow. No, it's at Hammond. So Hammond's oh, got a man. cool little atmosphere with the flicker and lights, and we went over to a game during our bye week to check them out, and um, it's a great. I, I personally like the school a lot. I know that the Cardinal Newman faithful may not feel the exact same way, pretty tough rivals, but I've always liked the school. When I first got done and was training quarterbacks, I was training at, at Hammond. And um, yeah, it's a great place. They even yeah. uh, great, great little campus, great sports programs. Um, so we, uh, we got our, we got our work cut out for us tomorrow night, but Flip we're going to give it our all. Flip the script, Perry, you know, Go 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 uh go Cardinal Newman. Go Cardinal Newman. I need to go dig Cardinal. up my old Cardinal Newman stuff from when I coached there. There you go. So how about the Gamecocks? Well, how about those Gamecocks, huh? <laughs> so I you know, we could I'm going to actually roll the carpet out for you and just let you kind of start where you feel like you need to start. This is not the halfway point of the season, but it is the break of the season. So assess what you've seen so far. Um, we're really talented in a few positions, clearly. Um, Xavier, uh, Xavier Leggett's probably the best receiver in college football right now, if not the best top three. Spencer Rattler's playing as good a football minus, you know, one bad throw, which everybody has. He's playing as good of, you know, as football as he possibly can. Uh, really enjoyed to see, uh, the way that Mario Anderson, has been running the football and kind of coming into his own offensive line struggled in pass pro, um, but they've gotten better, which is super positive. Um, I will tell everybody that cares to listen, do not hit the panic button um, realistically. And I don't know everything about football clearly at this point, I had us at three and two um, winning on the road at Tennessee and on the road in Athens are really, really, really hard. Um, I know that we all hoped maybe for a little better showing um, in Knoxville as far as defense goes. But, you know, if you look at the swing of the game, which I went back and just watched like the 
eight minute YouTube highlights of it again, just to kind of jog my memory, but really good game until the interception for a touchdown that, that kind of momentum swung. I think it went from then 24 to 10. Um, and just, we just couldn't catch up from there. Uh, the other thing that I noticed too, um, which doesn't take a brain scientist to notice this, but Milton had all day to throw the football all day. And he still threw us two interceptions. Um, I told um, a couple of our coaches, we had gotten together to watch the game and um, they did a little baby shower for us, which was super nice of them. Uh, So we all got together to watch the game and I I felt that he was going to throw us at least one or two, just he's done it all year. And sure enough, he did. And we, we just didn't capitalize the times that he did. And then by the time it was 31 to 10, you know, Mario Anderson has that big run and you're kind of like, ah, there might be a chance here. Um, we just couldn't get the, the timely stop. Um, but we, we've got to find a way to, uh, to get pressure on the quarterback. Um, you know, or, or we're going to be in a, we're going to be in a world of hurt. Um, but I will say, if you look at the back half of our schedule, um, Florida is horrendous on the road under Napier. Yeah. I mean, they are awful. Um, so I like our chances in that game. Um, we get Kentucky at home. We know the brand of football Kentucky wants to play. They're going to line up in smash mouth. They're going to play soft zone coverage, keep everything in front, and make you nickel and dime them down the field. If you can do that, you'll beat them. Um, it's always a good game versus Kentucky. You look at Vanderbilt and Jacksonville State. Um, those should be wins. You look at Missouri, going to be another tough game. You know, we haven't won out there in a long time, but they're a good team, but it's a winnable game. Um, and then you got, you know, got the one at the end of the year and we get that one at home and Clemson's playing better than they were. You can kind of see them starting to kind of climb together, but still a very winnable game. So there are some things that I think the bye week was very timely, uh, for us to not only hit the reset button, but to evaluate what we've done up to this point. Uh, The offensive line has improved. The quarterback play has been great. We need another weapon on the perimeter. So I'm hopeful. Don't know Joe Milton's, um, don't know Joe Milton's, not Joe Milton, I'm sorry. uh, Juice Wells' return, what his timetable looks like, but we, we certainly need him back. Um, and then defensively, we got a man. We got a. We got a. We got a piecemeal pressure together to get to opposing quarterbacks because it, it doesn't matter if you're playing Joe Milton or you know the 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 kid at Kentucky from NC State. Like they're going to be able to dice you up, and uh, got to find a way to get pressure. Yeah, it, it, this team has been uh, remarkably inconsistent on the road. For a while, this isn't just a Shane Beamer problem. They they weren't good on the road in 2020. Um, you know, they did upset Georgia on the road in 2019. But this has been going on for a few years around here. Uh, now, with that said, look, I, I'm saying the word inconsistent. I didn't say bad because they did beat Clemson on the road last year. Uh, yeah. They did go to Kentucky last year and, and win a ball game on the road. They did just recently play the number one team in the country uh, to just a 10-point loss. But um, but but then you kind of turn around and go up there, and it's just been flat. However, 
they have been consistent at home. And you just mentioned that. Five of their last seven games are in Williams-Brice Stadium. But, Perry, in order – they're two and three. Um, you know, it would be it would be really neat to see them win all five of those games at home, and maybe they do. But the type of year that this program was hoping to have to continue to build with the win column means you've got to steal one of those two on the road. they got to do it somewhere. They are 2-0 and under Shane Beamer coming off of an off week. I'm not sure this is might not be a fair, very fair question because you probably can't remember exactly what you saw the game after the last two off weeks in 21 and 22. But generally, what goes into an off week? They, you talk about self-evaluation and things of that nature, self-scouting. Well, what have they been good at doing here during these off weeks? Because they didn't just come back and just beat bad teams. They beat Florida by 23 points in 2021. And then last year, they beat Texas A&M. Those are pretty good wins coming off of a bye. Yeah, and they were they were great wins, and uh, I've actually noticed that as well. I mean, we also have a friend of mine who who's locked into all the stats and all that stuff, and he he provides me lots of great updates. If you look at even our bowl game in twenty one, and even last year, I think that if we had all of our horses in the stable, um, the Notre Dame game is a little bit different um, as far as the way that it excuse me that it finished. I think we have a great staff. I know that. I know the guys, not crazy well, but I know them. I know their background. Um, we we are missing we are missing players in key key areas, and we're missing key players in key areas. You look at the running back that's at Southern Cal. You look at the defensive end that's at Florida State. The defensive end that's at Oregon. The tight end that's at Florida State. Those guys would be difference makers on this team right now, um, and those those are stinging. We're we're feeling that right now. Um, but we do have great coaches. I think that you see the in-game adjustments that are made. Um, I think you see, like you said, coming out of a bye week, I think they, they do a great job of not only self-evaluating, but taking that extra time to prepare for that next team um, has been uh, <clears throat> has been pretty successful for us because leading into our bye weeks, um, if I can remember correctly, both seasons, it wasn't going all that that great. And the bye week is a great opportunity to hit the refresh button. You know, you go through summer conditioning and fall camp and the first few games of the season. Then you get like a real break, right? Like the kids will probably have like a walkthrough today. Give them the weekend. You got all day today, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, no football. Go home. Go see your high school buddies. Maybe go to your high school football game on Friday night. Unplug, get away, and then come back. You know, probably Sunday is when they'll come back. But come back Sunday refreshed and ready to go. Um, the coaches will probably hit the road recruiting today through the weekend. And uh, it's just a way to get kind of unplugged and be a be a human being a little bit. I rem- like, I, I think I've told you guys that Coach White works out at the gym that I work out with or work out at at the F45 here in Columbia and gotten a chance to know him pretty well. And I remember during camp uh, just chatting with him after workouts and, he was like, what, what, what's today? Like what day of the week is it? Cause when you're in that grind, it's just another day. He's like, Oh, I'm, it's just day. Today is just day. It's not Tuesday or Friday. It's just day. Um, <laughs> and so you get in that, that routine um, during the season and uh, it's a good opportunity to, un, you know, unplug, unwind and, and get ready to bust it over the next seven, eight weeks to, uh, to finish out the regular season. The lines of scrimmage. If, if you asked me today in my very unprofessional opinion, what what just absolutely has to improve to get to seven or more wins? That's it. Lines of scrimmage. I mean, I I it's 
Perry, you the linebacking core is better. The secondary is – they've got good guys back there. Yeah. You mentioned like seeing someone else step up at receiver. That's very true, but they do have talent there, and it – yeah, and they're they're very capable. The tight end room has got good players in it. Mario Anderson is a good running back. He's proving that now. Yeah. Um but they just can't win without the without both fronts getting better and getting better quickly. So on the offensive side, two freshmen are more than likely going to continue to start moving forward. JC yeah. wrote a great piece this morning on the bigspur.com as well for those of you that might want to go check that out about um just some of his thoughts on what they probably should be doing. But um when you get talk about that reset for a freshman, all right, the offensive line specifically here, but also there are other freshmen whom are playing. So it's been since September second until um, what was it, September thirtieth? Grind, 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 grind. Five of them, week to week. Bam, you got to go play another game. Bam, you get none of these games really have been easy. I know Furman's not the other guys, but that wasn't necessarily easy either. They're a talented yeah. FCS team. Now you get a reset as a freshman. It's like, man, wow. What are they going through, uh, these guys? Like, focusing on themselves. Like, w- how different is it from this re- this uh, this week off for a freshman versus a two-, three-, or four-year guy who's already been in the program? Well, I mean, you look at the – like we talked about, you, you go back all the way to summer and it's just being thrown at you. and You're drinking literally from a fire hose. Not only the fact of – the playing one thing that the general populace always forgets is that these kids have to go to class and they're in college. Well, all of the fans, 95% of y'all were out getting hammered, partying, getting D's and F's your first semester, gaining 20 pounds, ripping cigs and beers, right? <laughs> you forget that those kids got to do that and then go play football. Jake <laughs> oh, yeah. 20 pounds. That's great. <laughs> I mean, they got to do that and then go play football. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. They 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 don't have that same opportunity. Um, so th- there's a lot that's being thrown at them. And the bye week gives them an opportunity to go home. I bet some of them are homesick, even if they played at Somerville South at Somerville High School. It's an hour and twenty five minutes away. They got to hop in the car and physically drive down there. It's a different. Everything's different here, right? Um, so, can that be can that be a difference sometimes like a bigger difference than technique and this that and the other just flush it we'll see you in three days yes because the football football is one here games are one in here everybody at this level is pretty much close and even as ability goes you know you got a few dip, maybe a few more difference makers here than at another school but it's one between your between the years you know you look at coach Saban how much he talks about buying into the process and uh, mental toughness and discipline and accountability it has nothing to do with on-field skills but it all relates to on-field skills and um, you know, when you're a freshman, you're, it's like starting a job. Every, we've all started a new job here and you're just trying to figure out where you can go to the bathroom, let alone actually accomplish your job. You know, then next thing you know, you're getting thrown onto a project and they're counting on you to go and get things done. And you're kind of like, I know what to do, but I really don't know what to do, but I'm just kind of going with the flow and doing the best I can. And that, that's what happens when you play true freshman, um, and you play freshman. So, um, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, the talent on the way it's here it's being developed you know two and three may not feel um you know may not feel well you know as good as maybe we hope but you know 
three and two, if we beat North Carolina, but lose to Tennessee and Georgia, how do we feel? I mean, you, you talk to anybody outside of the, the Gamecock community. And I would, I would venture to say that most people predicted one and four or two and three, um, just based off of the schedule and just based off of, you know, predictions. Um, so I don't, it's not where they want to be. It's not the end result. All of us, you know, fans might want, but there is a process to winning at a school like South Carolina. Look at Kentucky. The I know South Carolina fans don't want to hear it, but it, it's very comparable to Kentucky. Look at what Mark Stoops did. Kentucky was a dump, an absolute dumpster fire football program before he took over. Mm-hmm. And you look up and, you know, four and eight, five and seven. Next thing you know, they won a couple close games, one against us, get seven and five, playing a couple Music City Bowls. Next thing you know, they're playing in New Year's Six Bowls. I think two of four years. They're beating Penn State, beating Iowa. They're 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 playing big time football games, and now they're five and zero, oh, the top twenty team, I believe. Just hammered, hammered Florida Gators when they hadn't lost to Florida or they hadn't beat Florida in what, 30 years before they did a couple years ago. So I think um, it might have been longer than that. Yeah. So and now they've beaten them three in a row. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you've got to give it time to get kids in, to develop your culture, your brand. I know coach Beamer is not a, you know, he's not from Youngstown, Ohio. It's not the blue collar. Like, you know, he doesn't have that same kind of vibe, but his coaching style. Yeah. There you go. That's great. Set Kentucky four and 20. And 12 and 24 in his first mm-hmm. first three years. I mean, you yeah. got to give it time right, to man. develop your culture because you've got to take kids that were under that previous shit culture and mindset and flush them out of the program and get the new batch of kids where they're thinking the way that you think. They're being trained the way you want them to be trained, not being like, well, you weren't my coach. You didn't recruit me. <clears throat> this is how I'm going to do it because blah, 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 whatever. There, there's part of that, right? Refreshing process, kind of like the guys that left our program, like the the guys that left our program. Great football players, but they didn't buy into the same values and standards that Coach Beamer and his staff have have uh, you know laid before the team. Because if they did, they wouldn't have left, mm-hmm. right? So, um, you gotta you gotta give it time. So, yeah. I, I think that we may have mentioned this on one of the calls this year. I'm not so much worried about record of, okay, well, we had eight wins last year. We got to get to nine this year or else we went backwards. Well, I, I disagree with that. I think that it's the way that we play in the games. It has to be different. You know, did we get blown out the other night? No. Did we play, you know, as close to the game as we had hoped? No. But you look at the season as a whole. North Carolina, we didn't play all that great, but we didn't get blown out. Georgia, I mean, more depth on the defensive line, and we win that football game, in my opinion. Um, we're right there in the mix, and we're not far off. You watch the games, and it's a hell of a lot better than it was two years ago. I mean, that's another thing. you got to you know, trust your eyes, trust the film or the game that you're watching. Look at this team in year three compared to two years ago of year one. And it's a completely different team, completely different attitude, mindset, even expectations from the fans. So um, I trust me, I will tell you guys if it was time to hit the panic button. I promise you, if it gets to that point, I will tell you um, it is not it is not time to hit the panic button. I, I, I really believe actually I really, really believe in this staff. 
Um, I believe the players are on the way and some of them are here. They're just young. Um, and, uh, and I also still believe the players are here now that are actually playing that can finish the season. You know, are we going to finish nine and three in the regular season? I don't know. We might, but do I think that we'll make a bowl and progress and continue to build on what has been done? There's no question about it. Track record is there. Well, you certainly can make this argument. We'll let you run on this uh, note, Perry, that the team that's coming in next is in a little bit worse shape than the Gamecocks, and you want to find a way to continue to make that point and prove that point next Saturday afternoon uh, when the Gators uh, roll into town. Uh, it's not been a good start, really, for Billy Napier's tenure uh, in the Swamp, and they have been struggling, to say the least. Although they did beat the Vols earlier this year, um, there's been a struggle there, and uh, South Carolina has got a great chance to get back to 500. And um, you know, last week Tennessee was looking forward to payback. Remember that? How about how about next week? How about some payback in Williams Bryce Stadium for what happened yeah. down uh, last year? When the whole country laughed at you for seven straight days until you went out there and embarrassed Tennessee at Willie B. So mm-hmm. you know, maybe some paybacks in store next weekend for yep. Carolina football. Yeah, I think it is. I, I expect them to play extremely well. Coming off a bye week, playing a team that really just struggles pretty bad on the road. Um, so I'll be intrigued to uh, to see how they come out. And I uh, would love to see the same game plan that we had against um, Mississippi State. Just for, force the run, opens up the pass, let Spencer be crazy efficient, let Mario Anderson and DK uh, run the football. I think it gets the offensive line in a good uh, mindset when there's the mentality of we're going to be physical tonight. And uh, it helps them block better, and it, it really helps in pass protection too. So uh, really excited to uh, talking about the big matchup next week on our call. Since 2010, it is 7-6 in favor of Florida. This series sure has tightened up uh, yeah. since Steve Spurrier took South Carolina to the SEC title game that year by virtue of going to the Swamp and your man Steven Garcia and Marcus Lattimore running right through them down there that night Perry we'll let you run uh we'll look forward to getting with you next week to get a preview of the wedding and the ball game (laughs) here you go we'll talk to you guys later appreciate it you got it man have a great weekend thanks bud there you go Perry Orth former quarterback oh captain our captain here on inside the Gamecocks the show we're powered by electric bikes of Charleston quick timeout Chris Phillips up next with the Spurs Up show down here in the south We don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the south in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. Hey, everybody. This is Mo Coppola from Carolina Football. 
The show is painted garden black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. It is my new bourbon of choice, and I know it's a lot of yours as well. I uh, really, We really appreciate what they do in helping us get through 21-point losses and 21-point wins, which hopefully, hopefully is what we'll see next weekend at Williams-Brice Stadium. Chris Phillips with the Spurs Up show is outside somewhere. What's up, man? <laughs> JC, JB, Phil, what's going on, man? Yeah, just enjoying the bye week. We are deep in the uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains, so Beach Mountain, North Carolina, for those who are familiar, one of my favorite places on earth. So just uh, soaking it in a little bit. Obviously, tons of great SEC football this weekend, but figured on the bye week, why not take advantage? But obviously, did not want to miss the opportunity to chat with you guys. So uh, hope you've been well. Excited to, excited to be on, man. What's going on? You know, we actually might head up there tomorrow if i can uh, get some things done here we might head up there tomorrow yeah to we're uh Ma- they're having an oyster festival saturday believe it or not which is kind of like an ironic Ooh. thing right an oyster festival in the mountains but that's exactly what's taking place saturday so it'll be a good time but it's guys it's going to be a high of 45 up here saturday low of i think like 28 so we're you know jumping right into that cool I- weather I was looking at that in, in in Maggie. If we headed if we headed up there, I think the high in Maggie was around fifty, and the low was around thirty. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, well, that'd be good to go up there and cut the fireplace on and watch the Braves play and yeah, and, yeah. and some football and things like that. But uh, well, that's awesome. Well, thanks for joining us during your vacation. Um, so you don't have a show today then at noon. You're no, good. so we took okay, Wednesday, right. Thursday, Friday off. Okay. Give the people a. Uh, I feel like Gamecock Nation. Needed a little bit of a breather, if you will, Bye which, uh, yeah. you know, it's funny. It's, it's It wouldn't be a Gamecock football season without some 
some tense moments, some tumultuous moments, if you will, which, uh, you know, this this feels really familiar, guys, this moment we're in right now. You know, I think back to year one after the Texas A&M game. I think back to last year after the Florida game. And, you know, the good news is the Gamecocks have always found a way to bounce back and sort of get it rolling. And that's been one of the characteristics of Shane Beamer's team. So I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it. But, you know, I think the bye week coming right now, it's perfect timing. And I think South Carolina should be primed for a big bounce back when they host Florida in a little bit over a week. <laughs> JC, you're, you're, the, you're the movie guru. Having these conversations back-to-back with Perry and Chris, I, I keep having – the uh, the whole scene in my head from the movie Armageddon, where they they got the night off before they went to outer space. <laughs> you know, one of them like stole a car. The other one ended up in a strip club. You know, S- Steve Buscemi like went and took out a loan from a loan shark and yeah. gave it all to a stripper. Exactly. Yeah, I think I'm coming back. Ever. It's like, right. We got to get got to get these game guys. Get just go, boys. Get your head, uh, get your head out. You know, free your free your minds for a while. I just keep seeing like the big what was it, what was his name? The big old guy. Um, can't remember his name now. Michael Clark Duncan. Michael Clark yes. Duncan. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Of, uh, yeah. R.I.P. By the way. Yeah, that's what right. a great actor. Late from the, the Green mm-hmm. Mile. Yeah, and Omarosa's husband. We all remember Omarosa, don't we? So anyway, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, hopefully that the I, I, hopefully the guys. I mean, I don't know that Carolina's got that type of group. I sometimes wish they did. I sometimes wish there were a few more Cowboys and and guys like that on this team. You know, uh, channel your your inner Lindsay brother. You know, and go out and, and have a great time. But uh, it's you know, hopefully, hopefully they're doing something. Hopefully, you know, Monopoly Night goes well or, or whatever they're planning on doing. Uh, but like Perry said earlier, sometimes just going back to your hometown going to a high school game, seeing your old friends. Um, sometimes that, uh, that does a lot, you know, I think even in college, man, just a regular student going back is good, Chris. I mean, yeah. oh, what do you think about, I mean, you're clear in your head right now, you know, what do you, what are you, what are your thoughts about uh, that and how it can impact a football team or football player? Yeah, I think just hitting the reset button, guys, you know, especially in the game of baseball, JB was kind of mentioning it, but, uh, you know, it's sometimes it's good when you're in a slump to go tie one on, you know what I mean? Go out, have a night, whatever, be responsible in doing so, but just kind of flush everything and forget everything. And it's it's funny, guys, I remember talking with, with Bobby Haney. He and I used to have some extensive conversations about, you know, you know his career at Carolina. He, he told me back in 2009, one of his best weekends was, I think it was a uh, – they got in there Thursday night and they went out in Athens that night. He and a couple of guys. And I mean, they, they, you know, they got after it. And he said that weekend he ended up going, I don't know, like seven for 10 or something like that. We all know Bobby Haney wasn't all that great of a hitter, right? So that was like a, a really banner weekend for him. So I mean, just hitting that reset button, guys, whatever it is for you. I mean, it's different for other guys. Some guys, it's a night out. Some others, it's, you know, it's, it's getting back to your hometown, like you mentioned, getting around family, forgetting about football, you know, also the opportunity to rest the body. And, you know, again, it's it's worked well, guys, for Gamecocks in the past. The Gamecocks since 2009 are 14-2 and off the bye week. And uh, under Shane Beamer, I mean, they're 2-0 and with two really impressive performances, right? You snap that streak against Texas A&M coming off the bye week last year, that great game at Willie B. And then, uh, you know, back in year one, you beat Florida. So a very similar scenario in which you, you mm-hmm. host the Gators and a – in a game at Williams-Brice Stadium. And that's the good news, guys. You know, if you're looking for relief, if you're a Gamecock fan, which obviously you are if you tune into this show, but you're looking for 
a sense of relief. You know, it hasn't been the start that many folks hoped and dreamed it would be sitting at two and three. But guys, in a year where it seems home fit advantage, it's always been so important. But this year just feels like it means nearly everything. Five of the last seven games are at williams Bryce Stadium. You know what I mean? So it, it's, it sets up well for South Carolina, I think, to catch fire. And again, that's why I said that this – this feels like such a similar circumstance because there's been times in the first two seasons of Shane Beamer where it's felt like the sky is falling. Carolina's not gonna not gonna win another game. They're they're doomed for a four and eight season. And it seems like the Gamecocks always find a way to put it together, piece it together, play their best football. And you know, we'll we'll see. Maybe that doesn't happen this year, but you know, based off the first two seasons, I would say there's still reason to have a lot of optimism and um, you know, they can pick up the pieces and make some adjustments. And, you know, that, that Florida game, I know we'll talk a lot about next week, but that's one, guys, you, you need to go out there and, and put together a good performance against a very beatable Gators team. What is What needs to improve the most after five games in your mind? Well, I mean, I, I think the low-hanging fruit, guys, is line of scrimmage play. So I'll, I'll try to pick something besides that because I know we just – we beat up on those guys so much, offensive line, defensive line. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves, right? Spencer Rattler's back there running for his life. Um, besides that, I would probably say – I would probably say figuring out who you are defensively. I like what JC said a couple of days ago. Um, schematically, just figuring out who you are defensively, what you want to do, because right now it just kind of feels like these guys are searching. You know what I mean? It's It's – you know, we all knew that the rushing defense was going to be somewhat suspect. I mean, we, we kind of figured that'd be the case. But when the secondary starts being as leaky as it's been, as many problems as they've had, that's a bit concerning. And I know that you've played some really good quarterbacks on the front end of the schedule and, and some high-powered offenses. But I think schematically, defensively, just figuring out who the heck you are. Um, you know, what you want to be. Do you want to be the aggressor? Do you want to be aggressive? Do you want to sell on the run? I know it depends on the opponent. But, you know, guys, again, I'm trying to go something against the grain that is line of scrimmage, if you will. Um, both sides of that need to improve. But I think on the defensive side, shoring that up, you know what I mean? Because it's just really hard to overcome that on a week-in, week-out basis you know, where you sit right now, which is near the bottom of the league defensively, there's only so much Spencer Rattler and company can do. And I know it's a, it's an offensive game now, but you need the defense to pick it up. And especially in that secondary, you got too many good athletes and too much talent to be getting gashed the way you are. So, you know, I, th I think as the schedule starts to even itself out, I think the numbers will probably get a little bit better, but it, it's just something that has got to improve and got to improve quickly. Yeah. I, I see Jan here in the, in the chat box. He said, it's easier to ask which position, which position needs no improvement quarterback everything else needs <laughs> prayers yeah. I mean I, I just I, I think that um, it feels to me like they're close and 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 here's why it feels that way because each week like a couple of weeks ago we felt like the offensive line had really made some strides still do I still feel like that but at Tennessee, it certainly uh, it, w it wasn't a good night for them. Um, it feels like the running game has kind of come along. Uh, the receivers you felt pretty good about. And then last week, you know, you felt like there wasn't really anybody out there other than Xavier Leggett when he's when he shut down or they shut down. Like, so it just kind of still feels like there's a lot of stuff on the offensive side of the football um, that it, it, if it can all click at one time or at least get – as close close to clicking as possible, it can be pretty good. On the defensive side of the football, I, I'm I don't know that I feel that way. Um, I like the talent on the defensive side of the football. 
but I, but I, 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 for the life of me, just really can't figure out why they can't stop anybody consistently. You, you might have a good game here and there, and I'm not trying to pick on any, any one person. I'm not calling for heads or anything. I don't do that. Um, but guys, I mean, you don't just go back and look at the last seven or eight straight games. It's very rare that someone scores under 30 points against Carolina. And, and we've been around football our whole lives. I mean, there are times where, you know, good teams don't score because the other team just happened to be better than them that day. And that just doesn't happen here. You know, it seems like every time a good offensive team goes out there and puts up good numbers, we say the same stuff every week. Well, that team's really good offensively. Okay, so what? You know, stop them. Be better than them for four quarters. And I just – I feel like – I I don't know what's missing, but I just feel like something is missing on that side of the football. And, again, I'm not trying to hammer a nail into anybody's forehead here. That's not what I mean. But, um, you know, it's really the first time in a while I've felt pretty boldly about this, Chris. So what is your thought from the defensive side of things? Well, JB, to your point, the first place my mind goes is back to the baseball diamond when you, you know, you face an elite pitcher and you say, well, just, just tip your cap, man. You got to tip your cap. You got to tip your cap. It's like at some point they need to tip their cap to you. You know what I mean? Like it, you can't just tip your cap to everybody. So uh, to your point, I mean, you're going to play a lot of good off. Yeah. I mean, you, you're going to play. Sometimes you just got to go beat the other guy, like no matter how good he is. And uh, unless it's been you know, turnover aided, we haven't really seen that. I don't recall the last time I saw South Carolina line up and just impose their will on somebody defensively. Like, I, I forgive me if I'm forgetting a game uh, in particular, but it just feels like it's been a while since, you know, and, and I'm not I'm not expecting this defense. I don't think anybody is to be 2010 to 13 with all those guys they had. But, like, you know, those – those you look back at those years, man, and we think of Connor Shaw and Lattimore and Alshon, and, but, like, those defenses were so – salty like that's why those teams were so good and it just feels like we're so far removed from that so to your point um you know we talk about it's 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 jimmy's and joe's not x's and o's but it just feels like there's too many jimmy's and joe's to be putting out the performances they're putting out on a weekend week out basis and leave it at that right like you're not you're not calling for heads but at some point you know jake crane said it best when he said at some point you show me who you are i'm gonna believe you and it's just like I mean, it's just time and time and time again, man. Like the numbers. I mean, it's it's. I'm not sitting here calling for heads either, but I, I'm 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 not even going to come at anybody that does because the numbers are what they are. You know what I mean? And if the numbers don't improve and you finish tenth or worse in basically every major statistic defensively, I don't know how. You know what can you really say? You know what I mean? So at some point, something's got to give. Something's got to give. So um, improvements have got to be made for sure. It feels like they're sort of discombobulated on that side. Like you said, JB, offensively, I think you can. You can see it. Like, you can see the potential. Like, if they get good blocking, they've got enough weapons. They've got the quarterback. Yeah. We know who RB1 is right now. Um, even if Juice Wells doesn't come back, I think guys like Omega Blake and Amari and Brown and Eddie Lewis can step up and provide enough of a support role to Xavier Leggett. And then Trey Knox and Josh Simon. So, like, there are names that we're listing off, we're rattling off, that, and we've seen the offense have success. Guys, it's been so long since we've seen the defense really shut down anybody that – Consistently. I mean, I, yeah, consistently. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I almost forgot what it feels like. You know, even like Tennessee and Clemson, you look back, and South Carolina did enough against Clemson. They got those turnovers. But, like, Tennessee, you won that game because you outscored them. I mean, Tennessee still scored 38 points. You slowed them down enough. But are we just in a scenario where you're going to have to outscore everybody or there's ever going to be a game where you can go out there and shut somebody down defensively? And why not be able to do both? Why not beat somebody 45-7? to 7? 
38 to seven. Like, why not have a complete game? So it's yeah. been that long. I mean, think you know. So right. going back to last year, so Clemson, I, I'll give them Clemson as a good, mm-hmm. pretty good complete game. Although the second half was obviously better than the first because Clemson's defense scored nine points. All right. I understand against Notre Dame they were well gassed and without a lot of good players. All right, I'll, I'll chalk that up to whatever. You know, North Carolina, no excuse. I know Drake May is a good player. You, you, there's no reason your defensive line should have been dominated by their offensive line. You give them all day. Furman, first half, no excuse. You didn't adjust to the slant the whole first half. You finally did, and they threw it right to you. Uh, Georgia, first half. Some of the best defense I've seen in a long time, right? Yeah. Second half, they adjusted. It's like you adjusted the other direction, stopped being <laughs> aggressive, and, and saw what happened. Um, you know, uh, Mississippi State, you sell out to stop the run, and you do that, and they throw for 487 on you. Right. And Mike Leach is not walking through that door, RFP. Uh, and then this past weekend, you know, knowing that Milton – is is not a guy that's you know he's not Hendon Hooker, you don't really he, he's not even as accurate as Will Rogers down the field, you know instead of maybe I don't know put an extra guy in the box and say you're not going to run the ball on us, you we may throw it over our heads or whatever, uh, and we'll take our chances in that way. You almost played well, like a lot of times they're on roller skates, and, and couldn't catch you know couldn't catch the perimeter run the up the middle run. I mean you just guessed wrong so many times it was ridiculous. So. You know, I, I, I'm disturbed by the trending of the defense. Like I said, I'm not calling for anybody's head. Uh, I, I hope they can fix it. But we're going on about a year now. The last good defensive game they played was against Kentucky last year in Lexington. And I know Kentucky didn't have their quarterback. And that was part of it. But Carolina dominated the line. Of, defensive line dominated that game. I mean, their defense dominated that football game. Last time I've seen it. Last time I've seen it, even where I could say, ah, they played pretty good. So you don't want to, you know, South Carolina's never been good, like really good without a good defense ever, not once. No. And so, you know, that there's no. more defensive players in the recruiting footprint. There's more defensive players you can get to the school, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there's no excuse not to have a good defense here. Uh, so something's got to change. And I don't know what it is. Uh, I, I don't know whether they just need to say, all right, look, we, we have more talent on the back end than we do maybe elsewhere. So, so we're going to stack it and let our, you know, let our D line and linebackers, you know, crowd the box and dare them to run. There's a lot of teams on the schedule left like Florida, Kentucky, Clemson. That they want to run it on you. You know, they, they can't win unless they run. Yeah. I mean, so maybe, so maybe you go like you did against Mississippi state and pray that they don't get in a favorable matchup. Like, you know, <laughs> Griffin on DQ Smith, which is a mismatch. And maybe you do that. Maybe you don't. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but something has to change because what they're doing now is not working. Yeah, but guys, to the Florida game, it, it should be a good opportunity for South Carolina defensively to have a bounce-back game. And it's – it's. I think the, the recipe is very simple when it comes to stopping the Gators, man. You stop Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne – put the game in the hands of Graham Mertz, I think you like your odds there. I mean, it's Ricky Pearsall and then a bunch of other guys. Um, you know, so I, I think the key for Florida, man, if they can't run the football, it's going to be really tough for them to move it. And uh, you know, we'll break that matchup more in depth. We'll break it down more in depth next week. But, 
I mean, it should be a favorable matchup for South Carolina, but if it's another game where, you know, Florida's able to just run it down your throat and it could be a long afternoon at Willie B. And, I mean, that's the thing, guys. It's interesting because, you know, I feel like with the with the offensive coordinator stuff, football's such an offensive game that we're going to jump down their throat a lot quicker because it's like I, – I just – this is just my, my, my gut feeling. Like, I just feel like – we're not as harsh on defensive coordinators because, ah, you know, everybody's scoring points. It's an offensive game anyways. Like, you're not trying to win 10 to 7 games anymore. But if you get to a point where defense starts to lose you games, because the offense was losing you football games, right? And you hope you don't get to that point because if you do, then it's going to become really, really obvious or, you know, the, the heat's going to really start to pour on. So hopefully you don't get to that point. Again, you got too much talent. Uh, I mean, I think obviously, guys, we'd all agree you need to continue to boost the defensive line and recruiting. You, you've got to find ways to to boost the edge position in recruiting. But, I mean, you know, there's, there's too much talent on the defense to get gashed on a weekly basis the way they have. There's no doubt about that. The early line, by the way, according to Brian Edwards, is one of the better odds makers out there. Gamecocks, one point favorites at home against Florida. So it could be one of wow. those, ooh, yeah, wow. type days. Uh, we'll have to see uh, what happens this weekend. I, I would imagine the Gators do get through Vanderbilt, but Chris, if they don't, that line will change. Uh, they're, they're... <laughs> a revenge game against the Commodores. Hey, it, 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 look, I mentioned that a little while ago to Perry. If you're if you're the Gamecocks. You've got a revenge game coming up this week, too. You know, a revenge slash get right game yeah. against Florida. You know, last year everybody was making fun of you uh, during and after that game. And uh, you shut them all up when you went out and played against Tennessee. And guess what? Here we are again. So, you know, do it. Yeah. No, it's a, <laughs> it's a massive, to your point, it's a massive revenge game, man. I mean, it's, it's a little bit different scenario, but the same way that – Carolina embarrassed Tennessee, and, you know, they came back this year with with uh, vitriol towards the Gamecocks and, and that game. I mean, it's it's the same way. I mean, Florida flat out just – they ran you out the building, man. So, uh, the Gators have been a different team away from the swamp, and like we mentioned, South Carolina has been really, really good historically off the bye week when they have extra time to prepare. So, um, you know, this, this, this guy's, I think, too, the Florida game. It, it'll give us a great gauge of – you know, when you talk about like defensive improvements or this 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 team as a whole, like if this defense can't make strides off the bye week and, and stop a Florida offense that isn't all that great when you have two weeks to prepare, then I'll really be concerned. I mean, you literally have extra time to get going, and that, that should again obviously really favor you. So we'll see. I mean, it's a great opportunity to get right, and you need it. You need it. You have to have it, right? You have to have it. It's a game that. Uh, you know, if you're going to make that second half run into your season, you know, with with Mizzou and A and M on the road following, you get you just you have to beat Florida, guys. It, it just bottom line. So I, I called it the most important game of the summer, and I would I would stick by it in regards to you know achieving some of your goals. Which one of those goals is going to a bowl game? You lose to Florida, and I think that that you know that uh, that goes into jeopardy. So it'll be an interesting week for sure. 12 and three under Shane Beamer at Williams Bryce Stadium. Have a great weekend in the. Mountains of North Carolina. We'll see you next week to talk about that one. JC, JB, Phil, always a pleasure, guys. Y'all have a great weekend. Thank you. There you go. Chris Phillips with the Spurs Up show. All right. It, uh, it is four minutes until noon. When we return, Mike Morgan will be here. Also, coming up at 1 o'clock this afternoon in the final hour, we'll be joined by Brad Crawford. Will that be five of us all talking together? Is that what this is going to be? I can pull I that off. Sure. All right. Okay. All right. Five of us. So 
Do we even have a guest for tomorrow? I mean, we've got Flint, but you never know with him. He says we he'll show thinking, up. Well, well, we hadn't talked to you about this. We were thinking maybe tomorrow would be a good time <laughs> to take a day off. <laughs> not, yeah, y'all been under the weather, and you've been covering for me. We, will, we, we uh, didn't want to bother you with it because we knew you, you had some business to take care of. But we, we, we were actually on the air been talking about taking Friday off. Yeah, you know we've been kicking we we own the we own our own business. We can do whatever the hell we want to do. Well, uh, well, well it's open date, you know. We'll talk about that tomorrow at two oh one. I, we, I we, doubt we have a guest picker lined up tomorrow. We got Flint, you know. He, you know, he usually just breaks down the game. It's Friday. The Bears Friday. play. My my NFL team plays Phil's NFL team tonight, so I've got a watch party to go to. Probably a little, little Polish sausage at halftime. Complimentary of the house on the house. And so I got I got bad football to watch tonight. I got a JV game tomorrow, and then I've got a Saturday to kick it. And before, um, yeah, Dina, somebody's wife's in the chat box going, oh, "I support that idea." <laughs> but no, uh, um, you know, and then I, I got to sit here and sweat out Notre Dame and Louisville Saturday <laughs> yeah, that's night. My wife, yeah. So, um, you know. well, let's uh, let's uh, we'll let's figure it out. we'll we'll make a call on it tomorrow. We're off. Inside the Gamecocks, the show, we will have a get well day, and we'll be back on Monday with all day coverage beginning at 6 a.m. until 6 p.m. right here on – I'm just kidding. All right, uh, we do need to go to break, though, because Mike Morgan is waiting patiently. Uh, we will be off tomorrow. We just that's – that's done. That's over. We're not going to talk about it anymore. Um, and, um, but we're not off today. We've still got two hours left. And Mike gets mad when we make him wait, so we won't do that. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight out the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer, just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. 
If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Hey folks, it's JB, and as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com, and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks. Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style in seconds. They're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nanasporch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336 259 Seven five five zero. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured, they provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998. Or you can go to Elite Roofing. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. Settles in the pocket, launches one deep down the field, wide open at the 15, 10, 5, touchdown, touchdown Tampa Bay. It's time for Power Hour with Mike Morgan on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Looking deep downfield, rolling out, throws it up in the air, and it is caught, touchdown, Troy Williamson, what a catch. Saturday evening here in Bluegrass Country, ahead to Buffman, slam, city for Ronaldo, Buffman, the 20, 10, 5, touchdown. Frederick, Frederick. 
Lays it in at the buzzer. That's a win. Unbelievable. I don't believe it. Who starred with one pull up three? Good if it goes. He got it. He got it. He got it. Carolina wins. Havens hits it high and deep to right. We'll see you at Hoover. It's 12.05 on October the 5th. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show. It is a bye week for Carolina football, but not for everybody else. And Mike Morgan can talk about all of them. We're honored to be friends and partners with the Golden Tones, who is going to hang around for the next couple of hours, as he does on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And, um, you can also play the Salsaritas Fab Five Challenge in the Chief Sports app. It is updated with today's challenge. Mike has the winner from last week. Mike also has the standings. <laughs> I, I just won't say anything else. Hello, you guys. Hello, everybody, by the way. Great to be back on with you. Uh, hello to the, the cast of thousands uh, that tune into this ITG award-winning program each and every day. It's a three-hour extravaganza because, quite frankly, two hours was not enough when you've got this good of a show. We needed a bigger boat. We needed a bigger boat. (laughs) To quote Chief Brody and Jaws, we needed a bigger boat for this three-hour tour, to quote Gilligan's Island. So um, happy to see uh, your guys' success. Uh, I'm just kind of along for the ride, and uh, it's, it's a pleasure to be part of it. All that being said, you've been on 60 Minutes. I'm curious, the over-under, how long did it take JB to mention he went 5-0? and Was that Until the first now. 60 seconds? Still hasn't happened? No. Oh, are he, you being you humble? Yes. Wow. Well, I yes. wanted to get all of you in the same room before I had very <laughs> Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. It was coming. I, I promise you, he was just picking his spots. So that means, <laughs> I didn't want miraculously, to so miraculously enough, you, me, and Ooh. JC have all had a five and zero oh, um, through the early part. Mad Dog, <clears throat> um, obviously, as you can see by the record, I have no. not. <laughs> but JB is sixteen and four. My goodness, I mean, this is against the spread, folks. This is not just picking twenty-five point favorites to win a game. This is ATS. This is how you win a lot of money. You know, ESPN Game Day for years and years. It was the Bear, Chris Felica. And I used to have Chris on my show back in Columbia. He's as knowledgeable as anybody. Man knows gambling, and he can tell you the backup quarterback for 100 different programs in Division One. But it was rare that he went above like 55% on his weekly picks. Now they have a guy named Stanford Steve, mm, who you might know year. from the Scott Van Pelt shape. Uh, Scott Van Pelt show. Yeah, he's having a rough year. He is losing uh, big time. And, again, these are smart guys that know their stuff. But there's a reason why those buildings in Las Vegas are super, super nice. So here's JB, just a just a, a humble guy in Charleston, South Carolina, just trying to make ends meet, working a show, doing real estate, uh, you know, loves his family, family man, good man, God-fearing man, uh, who is now – if if my math is correct, 
That's 80% against the spread. So it, it, I know you're not a gambler, and nor, nor do we encourage that type of activity, although it's legal almost everywhere now. You could be winning a lot. You could retire from this show. You don't, have to, you don't have to work any of this thing. You can just, you know, make everybody else pick up the slack while you're sitting there counting off hundies uh, and making it rain all over the port city. So congratulations to you, man. But I wish you had more to show for it. We don't even have a fiesta pack for you because technically you're not eligible. Although I'm sure Suki would hook you up if you were in Columbia. You know, you're a proud. Would, right? Yeah, he's a good man, and he knows – we're out looking for his best interest. Uh, but, yeah, congratulations to that start. man. That is, that is strong. 16 and 4 out of the gate. 16 and 4 out of I'm the gate. I think I'm, gonna, uh, I'm not going to pick anymore this, this year because I don't think if I, by virtue of that 80%, I think I'm, I'm this, this thing, I, if I just stay here, then I'm, it's over. I'm, no one else is getting 80%. <laughs> well, just that's like true. The, just like Phil's Cubs. You will collapse. Let's be fair, though. Let's let's be fair to this conversation. Although I appreciate the yeah, that's right. Although I appreciate the pats on the back and the acknowledgement. Number one, we're only five weeks into the season, and number two, that's there right. was Plenty a week to fall. where I I didn't even get to pick one week. I um, I I don't know where the where I was. Oh, uh, it was when Capers passed away. And uh, yeah, you've had so, some stuff in your so, life here in this fall. Yeah, so I, uh, I you no, know, that's outstanding. Is, Let's put it in context a little bit. You know, I could have gone zero and five that week, Mike, and you and I basically be vir- virtually tied. You, you yeah, could, Mike have. Beamer. You don't lose coming out of the bye week, JB. There you go. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. By the way, congrats to uh, Gary Hinton, who was last week's winner. I I, I graded these bad boys because because JB was making million dollar deals for breakfast uh, in his other vocation, and. <laughs> It, it, it was it's normally it's pretty labor intensive uh, because we had a really good turnout uh, on the app on the chief sports app but this week nobody went no no listener went better than three and two so it came down to like the tiebreaker and uh gary hinton was the winner uh no i'm sorry gary hinton was was the previous week's winner uh the gentleman that won this week of course i would lose his name why wouldn't i well, uh, wouldn't I? Brad Crawford. Brad Crawford. Nope, no. that's the that's our guest. <laughs> Brad, I'm Brad. sure, is a winner as well in his own way. <laughs> Brad, Brad, we're going to give you a Fiesta Pack too, just Gary. because I read your name off. No, last I wasn't week, last week to. was Gary. Last week was Gary. It was yeah, Gary. It was okay, Gary. I'm sorry. So yeah. Gary Hinton won last week, but the the we have a picture of the guy who won the week before who picked up his Fiesta Pack and tailgated at Williams Bryce week one. Uh, well, see, that's what I was trying to do was find yeah, his name. Yeah, that was week one. Trent. Yeah, and I already – Trent, Trent. Trenton Trent or Trent? Yeah. One of the Trenton. other. We call him T, T-Bone. Uh, T-Bone, yeah. nice work. He won, and he, he didn't take long to pick up his uh, Fiesta Pack from Salsaritas. And, of course, you don't have to win to pick it up. Only one soul wins this thing, but you can always just call the Salsaritas hotline. And, and again, this is not just for tailgating. Like, it's Saturday. It's a bye week. I think a lot of people out there are just going to sit back and watch a lot of damn college football and not have to worry about the stress of whether or not the Gamecocks win the game or not. That's That makes for a, a less stressful time. So go ahead and give Suki a call. And, again, those are the Columbia locations. Columbia. We, there's Salsaritas all over the place, but we're only talking about the two in Columbia, which also there's one at williams Bryce Stadium. You can catch Suki there serving you up some good tacos. 
What's been the talk, guys? I know I'm uh, parachuting in here after an hour of uh, great conversation and frivolity for all. Well, well, by by the way, in the last, like, 30 seconds, um, I'm assuming this is either from the show or from the – there was a notification that just went out. But we've gotten, like, six already for this week, literally in the last minute and a half now. Um, so thanks to you who are making your picks. Also in the uh, Salsaritas tab in the app, you can now order right there in in the tab. Oh, and um, oh, boom, yeah, shock a lot. You can you can submit submit your online order right there in the tab in our app. So if you're in Colombia and you want to order, you can do it that right there. And then uh, Trenton, if you are watching your uh, your photo, is I know Phil's got it to put on the show, but yeah. it's also <laughs> up in our app. So uh, you're you're famous. We're putting Trenton on. We're That's putting awesome. him. We're giving him valuable uh, eye candy time. Uh, him and the whole fam. We're just. We're just What's making a him deal? a celebrity. Julia it is a big box. deal. Oh, Julia oh yeah, you got the link. Me. Julie, that, there's no link. You got to go to the app. It's in the, it's the, in the app. Sports app, and there's a tab. And it is F R E E free. The app is free. free. Participating is free. Look at, Look at that, dude. And look at those! Yeah. Look at that, dude! Look at this! Look at that. Hams in this picture. I mean, that's a I happy mean, family dude, right that there. That is a family <laughs> gathering, boy. You know, you got the stoic on the end. You got the cheese balls <laughs> in the middle. You got dad there with the Mick Ultra having a blast. There you Looks go. Looks like my theater professor from USC Spartanburg, Jim Cox. <laughs> Shout out, Jim. He's a Gamecock fan. Good and then Jim. the dude on the end. With the looking preppy is stellar with the sweatshirt and the collar and the oh that's the, a new uh, look koozie yeah. that's a, it's a different look for for that weather but uh, hey way to go guys congratulations that's awesome that's a, Ed yeah good looking, that's a, good looking bunch right there good looking bunch and 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 a happy looking bunch because yes. I mean when you're eating some quality Tex Mex outdoors <laughs> yes. on a nice day just relaxing that's Boy. that's living right. I mean, just look at how big right. that box is. It's, it's bigger yeah. than that kid. I mean, <laughs> it's like a $60 value. It's, it's yeah. not like going to Taco Bell and getting a three-pack. Like This is this is pretty yeah. legit prize we're talking here. And and it's just the, the overall – I used to talk about this on the Columbia show. Like when you win the Fab Five Challenge, there's a distinguished group. It's, it's something that never leaves you. Uh, it lasts for an eternity. So the Fiesta Pack, that – you know, that lasts a day. But after that, you're still a Fab Five champion. They can't take that away from you. I, the NCAA can't do it. They can't vacate your Fab Five championship. They can vacate wins. They can reduce scholarships. They can't take away your Fab Five championship. I've, I've called Indianapolis, and I put my foot down. I said, look, Jack Legs, it ain't happening, so don't try. I don't care if these guys are juiced. I don't care if they're uh, providing recruiting violations. Uh, I don't care what they did in the past. They're Fab Five champions, and you will not take that away. And that's the message. I, well, great, great stuff. It's like being a Heisman winner. It oh, is. Wait a minute. They took well, that except away. if you're Reggie right, Bush. Reggie Bush. We, yeah, we won't like stand that. for that here. One day we'll they, have commercials. They the, Sorry, the Heisman House will have the, the Fab Five House. That's what they should have, yes. There should be a campaign with a Fab Five House with all the champions just living in a big old house, devouring salsaritas, tacos, and fajitas, and quesadillas, and just talking about the good life. Speaking of Taco Bell at $60, I, I'm like, we're planning a wedding reception. I bet if I had Taco Bell cater it, 
if okay. I had 150 people there, I think for 60 bucks, I, we, we, would, we would never run out of food. You better get some Porto Johns on the beach. Uh, <laughs> if, that's the, if that's the route you go, JC. You know, yeah, increase your liability on logistics. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I can tell you this: like Palm, Palm Beach doesn't have porto potties like right there near the sand. It's it's a little bit different vibe. You gotta over go there. jump in the ocean yeah. and go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh gosh, no, the rich no. people. Hey, please. Oh lord. Actually, speaking of, don't you have homes? Speaking of the Fab Five challenge, to some of you, you I think Mike used the term jack leg a moment ago. Yeah, I'm going to borrow that for a minute because it's one of my Feel favorite free. terms. Feel free. I there. try to keep it clean on this show. To, Five plus. To, to some of you jacklegs who submit your Fab Five picks Saturday night, like we won't catch it for some reason. <laughs> Did somebody do that? <laughs> oh, Believe man. me. I know what There's time every one guy. of them is submitted. Okay? Don't I can't, be that guy. Oh, don't okay? be that guy. That's I've been trying or to, gal. you know, let me – let me play the honest game. I'll just leave it up so, you know, people can see. They can go see how we do it if they didn't get to participate. But some of you, I think, get a little liquored up on your chicken cock or your Dixie vodka, and you think, <laughs> oh, these sons of bitches will never know that I did this at midnight. <laughs> you know? We do, actually. I see all of the, the time. They're, they're all time-stamped. So oh, time that's stamped. fantastic. I mean, come on. Now. And, yeah, don't don't be that. Don't I've had in the past people, like, submit five different ones um or or they submit one for each family member don't don't be that guy don't be that guy we're not well, giving away the powerball okay i mean it, it it's it, we all love free food but but don't be that guy no no don't don't do that by the way the uh, mike you did not put a um a this is this is the, the golden tones this is his gig here but for the third second, second week in a row week, i forgot to put the yeah tiebreaker tiebreaker well i did though it's What'd you total come up with? Combined rush, total combined rushing yards in the Kentucky Georgia game. Okay, and uh, for, for those, uh, I like that. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. For those that don't know, uh, if you haven't seen it already, we'll go over it. We'll go over our picks and everything in the in the third hour. But uh, my my tiebreaker, which is number five, which is normally has a Gamecock slant to it, but it's a Gamecock bye week, so obviously I had to go elsewhere, and I went to one of the two marquee games on the slate. Kentucky, yes. Georgia, and Ray Davis last week ran for 280 against Florida. 280. I did over-under against Georgia, 100. Yep, I bounced off that. That's why I did that. Yeah. For the, quote, tie break. Now, think about that. I'll bet you there's going to be some people that go under. And... uh, Yeah. And I, first off, I'm struggling with that game of the games that I picked for the challenge this week. I'm struggling with it because here, my vision of the game, I keep seeing Ray Davis running into a stack of Bulldog defenders, A gap, B gap, plugged, uh, DBs on the corners going, come on, you want to, you want to bounce outside? I'm here for it. I'm here for it all day long. So I, if, if that happens, this game is going nowhere fast. But I also want to believe that Kentucky will bring its best game. I do believe Georgia is not as stout as it was the last two years on defense. Uh, I do believe they're a Brock Bowers injury away from having issues on offense. 
So I want this game to be close. I want it to be entertaining. I want it to live up to – but it's a 14-and-a-half-point spread, which shows you the, the, the smart money says Kentucky's a nice story and they're good, but they ain't in Georgia's league. But what do I know? I'm only 16-4 and four against the spread this year. I was going to say, we're all waiting on your pick. Nobody cares about the rest of us. <laughs> Gamecocks were, what, 28-point underdogs? Uh, they lost by 10. Auburn was a 16-point underdog. They lost by 7. Uh, yeah. Georgia's uh, not been necessarily covering. Mike, I got a question for you on the mm-hmm. on that. Who's better, Missouri or Kentucky? I This is – and I didn't even put that game on there, LSU-Mizzou. But, but that is a show me game on two fronts. Number one is is Missouri legitimate because I don't think anybody really is that high on Missouri yet. And no. number two, does LSU just mail it in because their season in terms of the goals is over? Um, I don't know what's going to prevail. I have no feel for that game whatsoever. Burdett is special. Cook does not make mistakes. He just broke the SEC record for most attempts without a pick. They're good enough on defense, even though most people couldn't name two players on that side of the football for Mizzou. Do I think they're in the class of the other teams right now that are undefeated? No, I don't. I, I, I don't. They're not in Georgia's league. They're not in. I don't think they're as good as Kentucky. That's your initial question. I don't think so. I don't either. Um, but, but look, if Kentucky gets waxed by Georgia, and Mizzou beats LSU at home, then everybody's going to be like, well, hell, we got to start paying attention to Missouri. Well, we'll find out the next week because Missouri goes to Lexington. They go to right Lexington. after yep. playing LSU. Yeah. Exactly. So they, yeah. Uh, and that's one of the reasons. That, that I will that be question, settled on the field, fellas. Yes. Missouri. And that's a weird, weird series, man. I remember a couple of years ago, Kentucky was really good. Missouri wasn't. 15 14, they escaped the mighty Missouri. confines of Ferret Field. <laughs> For I'm convinced Missouri's rabbit partisans. Fair, yeah, fair mean, field. Pharaoh <laughs> field. Pharaoh, yeah. Pharaoh. It, it, it is Pharaoh, you're right. Mike? No, you're right. It's Pharaoh. Right? I should know. I mean, I've done plenty of games there. I know I pronounced it right when I was there, but in fact, one of the ones I did was Pharaoh the field. the infamous Halinski, uh, whatever that was, turnover. That set the tone for Missouri to win that. That game. was on that day that I me and Phil had to go to that wedding in 2019. We were okay. watching you. Yeah. We were yeah. sitting there with the groom at the bar before the wedding. He goes, "Is that Mike Morgan?" And we're like, "Yeah, oh shoot, it's Mike Morgan." <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then like, okay, so time passes, and we're at the lake house this past weekend, and this dude gets engaged again. <laughs> wow. That's enough. So, oh, we, we talk. We talk that day. That we talk about that game all the time. First of all, to say, why in the world would you ever have a fault wedding? You know, and second, yeah. because uh, <laughs> what a crazy surprise at the lake house after we were watching the Tennessee game. Like, dude just pops the question just, in front of us and God and everybody else, and that was his wedding we were at back in 2019. So, I had a um, okay, you know. an awkward situation years ago where there's a bunch of us in London. And we know that one of the guys, I didn't know him that well. He's like a friend of a friend. Uh, I knew the, the one he was, the female he was dating. And she, it's one of those, like, we all know these couples, right? They're kind of, sort of in love, maybe. Like, she almost had the attitude, like, he's lucky to be with me. And he looked at her like, 
you are the light of my life. And I hate to see that because I, I would never want to be involved in that kind of relationship. I don't care how good looking the woman is or how whatever. Like, if she doesn't really love you, what's the point? But anyway, he tells us, look, here's what we're going to do. There's this thing in London called, um, is it the eye, the Ferris wheel? Yeah. Um, right, right, right on the Thames, right, right overlooking the water. So he's got a romantic thing kind of planned out. And we're all in one of these pods going up and up and up and down and down. And we're all waiting like he's got the ring in his back pocket and he's going to pop the question. And uh, th- this guy, you know, he's a fairly intelligent person, but he was obviously nervous. And he gets down on one knee and we're all looking and, you know, we got the cell phones out. And he could he could barely spit out the word. It was like, Judy, I, I really uh, you're great, and uh, it'd be an honor. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm nervous. Um, I just think that you know we we have a future, and um, oh no, me marry you, um, you marry me, and uh, what do you think? Say yes, and, and we were all just like. Holy blank! Could he not have bumbled that any worse? Like, it was just right. terrible. <laughs> and here she is, like a couple days earlier. Like, well, I really don't find him very attractive, but he, he's all right. <laughs> and she said, and she said yes. Wow. To this, now this was five years ago. They're still married. God love them. I'm happy for them. Um, but all I could think of was. He just married – I don't mean to get all Dr. Phil here, but he just married somebody who is not exactly enamored with him, and he could barely spit out the sentences, and that's going to that's gonna leave a mark. Um, <laughs> but but they're still together, so God love them. Here, here's, to, mean, uh, here's to – Yeah, I mean, here's this dude was like – we we're, were, were a few sodas in, and so was she. And he, I think he memorized the lines because he got, he got down on one knee, opened it up, and, and had this speech rehearsed and, and got through his lines pretty well, Phil. I thought. Yeah, you know, yeah he thought executed. I mean, you know, it was right there. Was an A. Mm-hmm. And then she, she, he didn't, but he didn't open the box. And she was like, "Oh, show me the goods. Show me the goods." Because yeah. <laughs> he forgot to open the box, and he opened the box, and she said, <laughs> "Yes." It was all that, but man, it was. Uh, so yeah, so those of you that have heard me talk about that infamous wedding we were at during the Missouri 2019 game. It's even more ironic now that Mike's with us, and we were watching Mike broadcast. So, <laughs> so go back in time. I mean, you know, and I, I was living, uh, I was Mike's neighbor in Atlanta right at the time too. So Mike's like part of this universe, you know. And so Mike being on the TV that day was just kind of like part of the script, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're all sitting there, and we're like, I'm like sitting there going, "Boy, if you weren't my friend since we were in." you know, elementary school, I would not be here right now. This is a big game because he thought Missouri wasn't a big game. It's not like it's Vanderbilt, but it's a big game every year. Well, you know what? To that point, JC, I'm convinced it's like uh, Mizzou entered the SEC for the sole purpose of just ruining other people's seasons. (laughs) Because because they haven't been good enough to win high-stakes stuff in quite some time. I know they had the two SEC championship games, but again, there was a time where the Eastern Division was woeful. Um they haven't been that kind of team for a while, but they're just good enough to beat anybody. They almost knocked off Georgia last year. They have as as well documented but a thorn in the Gamecock side. They have they have been a thorn in a lot of people's side because they'll lose a game that you're like, "Oh, they're no good," and then they'll beat 
a fairly good team, and so nobody wants to play Mizzou. Nobody want they're always good enough to win, but not good enough to be great. Uh, and when it pops up on the schedule, you're right. Nobody talks about the Missouri game, Florida game. Like Florida's huge. This is going to dictate the season. This is going to be the <laughs> Mizzou. Yeah, we'll get to that. But but let me tell you about the Florida game. Let me tell you about the Tennessee game. Mizzou is it counts just as much. They're oddballs. It's, it's, it's just as much. They're, 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 yeah, it's like they're. It always the, gets there, and you're like, oh yeah, they're 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 pretty good. Oh yeah, you don't oh, yeah, really in the league. think about and it until like, they show Eli up. Drinkwitz, and he's like personifies that program as kind of like the nerdy cousin that makes little jokes. To, you know what hey, to, to both of y'all's He's, points, to both of y'all's points, everybody in this fan base that I'm aware of cannot stand Eli Drinkwitz, but really nobody talks about Eli Drinkwitz until they get to the game. Yeah. And Eli does not like South Carolina. JC, you've explained those reasons before. We, I think we all know why. And he takes a lot of pride in beating this program. If Eli Why? Drinkwitz, though, was the head coach at Georgia or Florida or Tennessee, it would be venomous hate for him. But it's like we hate him because he's him. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, shoot, we have to play Missouri. You know what I mean? Like, the, you, you forget to hate him until the week shows up, and then you hate him the week after because he beat you. And then you know, the rest of the year you talk about hating Kirby Smart and Josh Heupel and whomever else. But then you remind yourself you hate him again when you got to play him. Well, you, you hate him really because – and, and again, I'm I I've dealt with them a number of times in a different forum. And and when we when we sit down with coaches on a Friday, they're all super nice to us because they want us to talk well about them on national TV. So very even like Saban, people are like, "How what's it like talking to Saban?" Like he couldn't be nicer. He's fantastic. He like right. love love Saban. I don't, I don't know how he is to everybody else, but come on, Mike, spill the beans. Like, no, he's he's a, he's a he's a jerk. The I guy's tell a total you, ass. No, I'm just kidding. I, 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 trust me, I've dealt with a few of those too uh, in multiple <laughs> sports, and there might be a day where I'm ready to discuss that. We're just it's not today. Uh, but <laughs> Con- contract. <laughs> but so. but I mean, Eli is what what we like about Eli uh, in covering him. Eli is is he's like Spurrier light. He's got a little bit of that piss and vinegar. He's going to say some things. He's going to do some things. He wears the visor. I said, where'd you get that from? I was a Steve Spurrier fan growing up. Um, and if you remember, like we did, Hudson and I, Hudson Mason, former Georgia quarterback, did the Florida-Mizzou game, where the big fight, the big brawl at halftime. Florida wins the game. Dan Mullen walks out in a freaking Darth Vader costume. <laughs> To this day, nobody – I mean, I realize the game was around Halloween, but it was just, like, beyond it odd. It was, it was so out of character for Dan Mullen anyway. <laughs> so – and Dan Mullen is sitting there making a joke at the whole thing, and there's a brawl and a lot of bad feelings after that game. Well, the next year, guess what? Missouri, Missouri beats Florida in Como. So what happens? Eli comes out, and I think he's got a lifesaver and whatever, and he's basically sticking it right back at, at Dan Mullen. So, I mean – that's the last Those game Dan Mullen coached at Florida, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that he basically – that's game. right. They got fired and that's right. the interim for the last two. They, they, he got fired so they could hire a guy who's 1-8 and eight on the road and 9-9 nine and nine overall. And if they lose that game to Carolina, um, which, that's right. the interesting dynamic fired of the again. game. Uh, Gamecock fans are convinced that uh, we should beat Florida at home. Uh, of course we should. I mean, for, I'm convinced Carolina will be a slight favorite. 
I they will are say right that. now. They're a one point favorite right one now. Yeah, okay. One point. So By Brian, Brian Edwards, who's pretty good. That's uh, that's not just like some BS thing. Brian Edwards is from uh, yeah. from Vegas Insider, right? Correct. That's yeah. same Brian. Yeah, I used yeah. to have him. He's uh, he's he's Brian, pretty sharp. Yeah. Brian's um. Good. Yeah. And and uh, and and so so Gamecock fans, like you know what's at stake. Like it, it's a huge game. There's no question about it. And if you lose it. Then uh, I'm sure the the Big Spur message board is going to melt down with negativity, right? Don't even want to be there. Don't even want to be there. If you're Florida right now, after getting completely pantsed by Kentucky, they're saying <laughs> if Billy Napier doesn't win this type of game, you like that? If Billy Napier doesn't win this type of game, like what the Take hell? Uh, then he's one and nine on the road. Then he's nine and ten overall, and you're saying, "Wait a minute now." Um, and if you if you folks thought the Will Muschamp buyout was big, you can multiply it by about four to know what Billy Napier's I keep, is. I keep trying to tell people, nope, they don't care. They don't care about the buyout. They don't care. They'll pay it. Well, they don't th- this care. was I've said this before. The, the, the biggest nothing burger. Uh, surrounding Gamecock athletics over the last few years. I, and I, I caught some of the show yesterday, and kudos to JC and Phil going the full three, just mano a mano. Um, the, the Will Muschamp hire did not work out. Like, like most hires in the SEC do not work out. And in fact, you can ask Florida how Ron Zook, McElwain, Mullen, Muschamp all didn't work out. But it wasn't an awful hire. If you actually look at what Will Muschamp's track record was, uh, and as JC proper, properly pointed out, he didn't leave a mess. Uh, excuse me, he didn't. Those first few years, he didn't like completely turn the program into a mess. It went south, and it and it went south in a bad way. But it's not like he didn't do anything good. The first two years, quite frankly, they overachieved. But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. So he gets fired. And I thought it was the right thing to do, the right time, the right everything. Got to move on, and I'm 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 here to tell you I still think Shane Beamer is an outstanding hire, not just a good hire, an outstanding hire, uh, especially based on what you were going to get in that climate. The biggest nothing burger was, I can't believe the buyouts, thirteen million or whatever it was. Folks, you understand? Like Auburn paid double that to fire Gus Malzahn. The buyout for Billy Napier is close to fifty million. The buyout for Jimbo is ninety million or eighty something million at this point. Like that is, you're an SEC program. If you're sitting there worried about thirteen million dollar buyouts for football coaches, then you want to get in another league, because that is the going rate. Actually, it's more than that. So to sit there and criticize the buyout, that's that's just silly talk. That's that is that is the day and age we're in. Those things are negotiated. Up front, and if you want to get a coach that has any credibility, and you're dealing with Jimmy Sexton's of the world, who has 11 out of 14 SEC coaches, and my guess is he probably reps oh, Texas and Oklahoma too, then you got to have a buyout that is commensurate with other SEC coaches and other Power Five coaches. So, in other words, you're not getting a buyout for like five million dollars for an SEC football coach. I don't care who it is. So, that, to me, that was the biggest nothing burger. If you want to criticize the hire, fair game, didn't work out, right? Didn't work out. Shane Beamer, a couple of years from now, there might be fair criticism there, uh, and there might be people that legitimately want him fired. That type of talk in year three with what he's done already is so insane, it's not even worth 
five minutes of time on this show. Although now with a third hour, maybe we can get five minutes out of it. Um, but, <laughs> Fair but, enough. But there, but there is there is so much, guys. There is so much uh, clickbait type things. Like if you want if you want clicks and you want followers and you want, there's an easy way to do it. You just troll the hell out of people. You just, there there's I'm not going to mention names. There's a guy out there now that just trolls a bunch of stuff, and people feel the need to respond to it. Don't consider who you're getting the the troll information from. In South Carolina, oh, yeah. maybe. And oh, the I best know thing who he is. I know who the, you're talking about. The best thing you do is you oh, yeah. you He's ignore. He's sharp like, as attack, though. He's sharp as attack. Don't yeah. tell him. Don't tell him about ratings. My my point is is that there are people that do that solely to get a visceral reaction. That is their Just don't that. It's like the kid that's not getting attention, so he starts, you know, throwing stuff at the wall, and you just you, – it doesn't matter. Like, you don't don't get all worked up about that stuff. It would be my one piece of advice here on a Thursday. Well, we need to step aside for a timeout. When we return, uh, yeah. we're going to tell all of you how ratings work, and we're going to tell you why we're number one. We're number one. We're number what? one. You remember uh, Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown, that uh, the cartoon? The, 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 yeah. We're number oh, yeah. one. We're with the cat. We're number one. Hey, it's it's hashtag Charlie Brown season in it my is, house with all with all the holidays coming up. I, I want to. I got to remind me. I got to tell everybody why Eli Drinkwitz has got a beef, a bone to pick with South Carolina. Sure. Yeah, yeah I want to know that too. I didn't know that. Yeah. that it's a little scoopage, a little scoopage for you. By the way, I also would like to talk about this since we're talking about people getting fired. It's timely. I got this in my email today from Josh Barton of uh, sportsbets.ag. Uh, next coach, head coach, fired odds. Uh, in the SEC? No, nah, around the country. In and uh, Napier okay. is on the list. I'll tell you that right now. So is Jim. Shocker. But this is interesting. Uh, two Penn State props. How many games will Penn State cover the spread against this year? They're 5-0 against the spread currently. The over-under is 8.5. Will James Franklin or any Penn State player be investigated by the NCAA before the start of the 2024 season? You get 10 to 1 odds on yes. What? That's weird, huh? What is that all about? I have no idea. That is bizarre, Uh, though. So, anyway, that may be a clickbait troll thing, but uh, uh, I would like to discuss that. Give me a quick quick, uh, yes or no answer as we go to break here. Uh, um, how high on that uh, coach's fired list is is um, is um, oh shoot Tony Elliott? Yes. Okay. Uh, you you here, wanted a here, yes or no how, answer. Okay. How about a, how about a yes or no from all three of you? If four and one William and Mary walks into I saw Charlottesville that. this weekend and beats Virginia, which would surprise cool. me none. Me neither. If they did it. Uh. Uh-uh. And then, I, I, nope. then they got to go to North Carolina and Miami, just kind of an FYI. You, you're staring. You're also about to see the down the annual downfall of Syracuse football because <laughs> they're about to play. The gauntlet is coming. Like when you when you load up soft in the early part, you're just de- delaying the inevitable. They're about to start getting hammered. Uh, I kind of thought after they beat pinstripe bowl again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know, man. I, I'm not. I don't know that I agree with you. I was pretty convinced after the 65 to nothing uh, whipping of Colgate that yeah. they were well on their way to well at least a nine way. to ten win season. But but they Colgate. eked one out against Aquafresh, and that was my warning that they're not that good. <laughs> 
wait, we just got through a whole toothpaste conversation without Crest coming up. I mean, come on. They got to play they AIM. They, they avoided Crest. Crest is that <laughs> triple God. option that they run. Forget it. They, they run the, the wishbone. <laughs> the can't play defend it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They are, uh, they, That's they, Arm and Hammer, Mike. That's Arm and Hammer. Arm and Hammer. <laughs> Hell of a defense. <laughs> Trying to make it to the Floss Bowl. All right, uh, we got to get out of this before it gets any worse. The Big Ten, though, has released uh, their conference opponents through 2028. Will the SEC follow suit? That's a conversation that needs to be had. Also, JC will uh, fill all of you in who don't know the story of Eli during the Will Muschamp era. Uh, we have to make our Fab Five picks. Um, Mike, I didn't know this. This is what happens when you're off uh, for a day. I was informed at 12 o'clock that uh, – Brad Crawford's yeah. also joining us today, which we're excited <laughs> about. So um, you'd think that Phil and JC might want to let me know any time in the last 24 hours, but it's all good. Uh, so speaking of the Fab Five, I guess we'll have all of us here on the screen, and we're going to make that work. So it's going to be a lot we of fun. We really do need a bigger week. boat now. <laughs> we need a bigger Phil's boat. Phil's going to have to build us a bigger screen. You know, the next hour and 19 minutes is going to be uh, chaotic, and I will continue to brag on my 16. Now I won't, I won't say another word about it. No, Everybody hang tight. We can do that. Um, I have a Fab Five of my own I want to pass along to you that is very South Carolina related. Inside I thought the we were Gamecocks, going to break. I got show, up and took a call. Presented <laughs> by guys? Chicken Cock Whiskey. We'll be right back. I hate you guys. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate. We can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the south in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the south. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bites of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Not today, sweetie. One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. 
If I had to, I could go it alone. But because you've become my home, these windows could shut into the ground. These walls could fall right down. Because you've become my home. You don't have to tell Mama. Because you've become my home. We're still back. rolling for a power hour now. We fooled JC into thinking we were just about to take a break. <laughs> Which was, of course, radio gold on this end. <laughs> we don't need the outtakes of JC on this show. You just see him within the show. You don't have to, like, you know, at the, the end of, like, movies. Seriously, like, I thought we were going to break. I get up, I answer the call. I'm like, hey, I'm in the middle of the show. I'll call you back later. Because it's a, somebody couldn't, we, we've had a little sickness in my, in my house. Um, so you got we, the Rona? Uh, well, actually, uh, slightly, slightly, I think. Are you but, quintuple uh, vaxxed? No, nah, I, <laughs> I just took the one, you know, but uh, it, it's, uh, we're fine now, but uh, so there's been a little napping in the afternoon. So the point is, I've missed this call the last couple of days. I didn't want to miss it again. I was like, well, we're going to break anyway. And I expected to hear chicken cock and I get up and come back and you guys are still talking. So, I hate you guys. Like Carter. I hate you guys. Screw you guys and get him. On that, on that, uh, on that note, uh, I do want to mention the Power Hour presented by Brian Spencer of uh, Palmetto Medicare, Palmetto-Medicare.com. And as Phil somehow uniquely knew right off the top of his head on Tuesday, even though he's far from 65, yes, the AEP period begins in 10 days, October the 15th, that is an extremely important part of the timeline. If you or a family member, loved one, are in that uh, in that range of around 64, 65 years old, want to make sure your Medicare covers as much as humanly possible. Again, uh, we kid because we care. Brian Spencer is actually in better shape than the four of us combined. But um, that being said, nobody's ever confused him for a GQ model. But he is great at this, and he's been doing it since 2005 in the state of South Carolina. The number's on your screen, but for most of you that are just listening audio-wise, that number is 803-960-9484. That's a Columbia area code, but it's he covers the entire state like so many of our sponsors. 803-960-9484. Brian Spencer of Palmetto Medicare. Jamie, back to you, sir. Oh, sorry, I'm trying to get 7,000 things done at one time. One thing real quick I wanted to make sure I mentioned uh, um, on the quote-unquote Fab Five. This is just a made-up Fab Five, Fab Five but uh, CBS Sports does have a mock first-round uh, NFL draft out, which is early, and I know that. However, they do have Spencer Rattler in there at number 21 overall to the New Orleans Saints as one of five quarterbacks selected in round one, um, which is um, really pretty neat. He would be the last of those five, according to uh, their projections, right behind Ma Michael Penix to Seattle at 19, Shador Sanders to Minnesota at 15, and then you could probably guess who the other two are uh, at the uh, top, Caleb Williams at one, and um, the Bears taking Drake May at three. JC. Poor Drake. That's all I can JC, say about that. I, 
I uh, I tagged you in something on Twitter. Did you see it? Of course I did. I retweeted it and sent it to Nat. Oh, you did? <laughs> the guy riding his bike into the lake. <laughs> yeah. So it said uh, Barstool Sports said Bears fans when they realized they're playing on prime time again tonight, and had a guy literally just pedaling as fast as he could right off a cliff and into a lake. By the way, breaking news: the NCAA has caved. And Tez Walker is now eligible for North Carolina. Oh, oh, wow. that that's okay. more embarrassing than anything. Wow. I'm not saying he shouldn't be eligible. I'm, I'm not either. I mean, they did, but they didn't do the right thing the first time. Then they right. They waited until half the season was over. So I mean, why, why so, not just suspend him the first five games? No, say, what what lawsuit is it? What lawsuit is it that, can, yeah, that made this? Uh, that's exactly it. That and yeah. I mean, yeah. Mac Brown is not doesn't exactly have a reputation for being controversial and aggressive. If anything, he's just like he's like he's like your your kind uncle that everybody likes and you know never stirs the pot and always says the right thing. When Mac Brown and the athletic director, a very respected one at that, and Bubba Cunningham, send out public releases the day that that original verdict came out, saying this is an outrage, this is insane, this is why we should not take the NCAA. I mean, they did everything but say it's time for us to depart from the NCAA and and not have them control the purse strings of the basketball tournament and everything else. It, it's, 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 it's out. The time has come where it's, it's antiquated and doesn't serve its purpose. I think that combined with a potential lawsuit that we may or may not know about, was enough for them to go, guys, this is not one to dig in on. Like, go ahead and give that kid some eligibility. But don't you think that they'll just continue? If there is a lawsuit, I would just keep suing the pants off of them. Yeah. For for all types of damages, everything. Mm -hmm. I'd sue them for frigging everything. Could. Here's the thing, too, about that. You know, of course, from South Carolina's standpoint, everybody was kind of hoping he wouldn't play. Of course, it didn't even matter. But uh, (laughs) they did. This was wrong because this kid – was at a school and because of COVID and the NCAA really, the NCAA had nothing. If they had their way, the whole season would have been, everything was canceled. Right. Uh, and he was at a school that, you know, didn't have a lot of money. And so they canceled their season. Right. So that, that should have never counted. Right. As a transfer, he was there. He didn't even play. So then he goes, so goes to Kent state and was there for three years. Well, then he transfers back to North Carolina. He's from North Carolina. And, the the day he transferred, like it was a couple of days later when they allegedly tightened the rules, mm-hmm. you know. So shouldn't you have like, but when a rule is not a rule, shouldn't you grandfather everybody who violated the rule before it was a rule? Shouldn't you grandfather them in? I mean, I would think that would that would be common sense. And then they dug in on it, uh, and then the you know the dumbest thing was the LSU kid that got popped for <laughs> signing Smith. autographs. Before there was NIL. Oh, you did this before it was legal. I mean, if I smoked pot like six years ago in Illinois before it was legal, are they going to come back and be like, "Ah, you're going to jail, Mr. Beef. You did this in 2017. It wasn't legal for the Illinois state. Just out of curiosity, do they call you Mr. Beef in Chicago? (laughs) Beefcake, I think, is the official. Beefcake. Oh, beefcake. Beefcake. Mr. Beef. No, there is a Mr. Beef. It's a chain restaurant. It's what the bear was that show the bear. Yeah. Uh, it's what that show was based on. Mr. Beef. Oh, uh, the, that's just, uh, I use the term beef a lot when I talk about Chicagoans. Cause I say beef sandwich, Probably but they don't Mr. really beef. say that a whole lot up here. It's just kind of my, 
um, oh. stereotypical Chicago and yeah, Polish sausage. You know that kind it's of Italian beef, years. right? It's not just beef. It's, it's, it's Italian, Italian beef. beef. It's Italian beef sandwich. Big. Beef, I, I remember. And, and people love that. I mean, a friend of mine in Columbia, literally, he had some business to do in Atlanta. But basically, he drove here one day. He's like, Mike, I need to have an Italian beef sandwich, and I can't get one in Columbia. So I'm going now. <laughs> Meet me there if you want. And, and you can hardly find them in Atlanta. I mean, the, honestly, I think if I opened a Chicago food restaurant in Columbia, it would be packed. Hey, I mean, we're getting per- freaking packed. Oh heck yeah! Because people that that food is that's universally loved. Um, just like Chicago hot dogs are, and Portillo's JC is opening up in Atlanta. You're kidding we, me, Mike? We, no. I am not. Oh, it's not too early wait, for you to wait, move wait. back. The, well, hold on. The one that JC sends to you in the mail, but doesn't send me that Portillo's. Th- that, that's the one. That's the one. Oh, yes. because Mike okay. loves hot dogs, man. So now I, I just do have to love go to Atlanta. Some- Mike, I do I, love me some Chicago Mike dogs. I know. He, he loves sports, basketball, his dog, and hot dogs. And that's, yes. That's, 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 Mike that's fair. Mike, yeah, we'll ever, throw my wife in there, too. That's yes. why, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, like, I like where this is going. I'm a big fan of hot dogs myself. I, I'm, I like the, 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 the huge Nathan's ones, like the, the quarter-pound mm-hmm. big ones, yeah. long ones. This is get. I know a little graphic. Probably some of you are like, "Hey, man, knock it off." I get it, but so my my, my question though, Mister Hot Dog and Mister Beef. <laughs> back back to Tez Walker in a moment. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, which I do want to read a quote on that before we hit our timeout. Uh, we had a lot to get to in hour number one, and we had to quit screwing around. We got the Fab Five. We got Crawford. We got all kinds of stuff. We got some Gamecock stuff to get to, but. Um, I I like I like uh, we have all the kids for Halloween in our neighborhood. JC's been to my house. He, you know, I'm talking about JC. It's pretty wild around here. I bet it's, um, it's the same. Yeah. And we do like a little get together before they go out and get their candy. And we do I, I I like to do a hot dog bar. Okay, so ooh, what I so what I do is I I ballpark the hot dogs. Uh, I mm-hmm. I put them all on the grill. Put them in the bun, wrap them all individually in aluminum foil like you're at a ballpark. Okay, they're better that way, by the way, for anybody wondering. Yes, of course. Um, do you have, uh, Mister Hot Dog? Um, do you have any toppings you have put on a hot dog that might seem a little, you know, not not onions, not relish, something a little off the grid? But you're like, I'm telling you, just try it. You have a hot well, dog. Well, I mean. Not necessarily. I mean, like the Chicago dog has peppers, and so that's not for everybody. Um, if you look up the Chicago, and it has what, J.C., the celery salt? Celery salt, tomato, a pickle, sport peppers. Yeah, so. Yeah. And mustard. One one spear, right, J.C.? Yeah. Like one thin spear? That's okay. right. Yeah, yeah. So that's not for everybody. Oh. But crushed it, up potato it, chips. It, it sounds weird. Never done that. When you take a bite out that of the whole thing. Good. If you can manage to manipulate it, like, because it falls off, you know, it's not it's not the most handy. But if you yeah. eat the whole thing, one bite, all the veggie taste comes in. It's delicious. I mean, it really it's, is. It is. Yeah, it but, is. But, but no, it's, it's I, hard to eat. I'm not like putting peanut butter on my hot dog or something completely crazy. No, you know my you know weird. my stance on mayo. Um, so outside of that, no. I mean, I'm pretty traditional. It's it's. Spicy mustard, relish, kraut, sometimes ketchup. I, I don't think that's I'll do, traditional. I'll that's do it Spartanburg County style, chili mustard and onions. A lot. Chili mustard and onions. I like that. And I, I like a good that's slaw a chili dog. dog. I like that's a slaw it. dog myself, yeah. too. Slaw, yeah. slaw on a hot dog is not bad. Got to be good coleslaw, though, JC. 
can't be that crappy. Old no. coleslaw. You're right. No. It's, it's got to be good coleslaw. Bad coleslaw. When I went to the QT. I'm with Lynn. Hey, Lynn, I was about dog. to say that. Well done. Um, our friends at Nana's Porch, if I can get some of their pimento cheese before uh, Halloween, oh, wow. we're going to do that. Very interesting there. Yep, I'm with you. I, Lynn, I've, I've been seeing you here commenting, welcome to our program, and please stick around every day, apparently, except for tomorrow. We've decided to take off, but every other day, uh, you're welcome back. Mike, you see what happens when I'm not around here? I'm, I'm told in the middle of the show we're off tomorrow, and Brad Crawford's on today. Yeah, lighter details. Did Wait my phone details. stop working? <laughs> no. <laughs> we were just like, hey, no, I, couldn't, uh, I couldn't hammer down Brad until today. So that was the, uh, you know, he and I have been going back and forth. We were trying to find, you know, other voices to add to JC's. And is there anything else I, I need to know about? <laughs> Am I, do I still have we, a job? Like, we brought a, a, a talking chimp. will join the show every Wednesday <laughs> for the power hour. Like, uh, <laughs> his really name is Harry. Uh, he does not bite, uh, but uh, he, he can, he can belt out a few sentences every now and then oh, man. Yeah. So we also have a bit where my cats are going to start making the weekly picks so uh there we go which one that's all right, right. jan says zesto slaw in columbia is good on hot dog, by the way. He, jan's slaw. right zesto slaw is good mm. zesto's is still there right absolutely two yeah. locations killer and our 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 Love Chevy TV spot. You, for those who just listen to it, yeah. you can't see that. But there's a quick cameo there by uh, Zestos, which is. Yep. Uh, and my for my Columbia peeps, I, I mean, you you folks know this. Like when I first moved to Columbia, around uh, late '90s, 2000, Man. the restaurant selection was pretty god awful. Like you had a few institutions like a Zestos, and then you you couldn't get a good steak. You couldn't get, but it's come a long way. Like you go to Columbia oh, now. It's fantastic. If you live there now. Very good. Little hidden gem. Whenever I'm in Columbia now, still it's it's at least one night I'm doing this. Mio's. If you like mm. some good Asian food, like I'm telling you, that is I'll put that up against Asian restaurants in okay. most I, of North America. I'm a Mio's North America. Guy. I, I'm, I'm not that a, includes Canada. That includes yes, that includes Canada. <laughs> yes. Large Chinese population. Last time I checked. <laughs> yeah. the hell are the French food? Canada to Panama. That's there awesome. might be a spot in Winnipeg that's got a mean Szechuan beef, but I've never been there. That but also includes Mexico, does. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, it does. Yes. So yeah, it's um, hey, uh, so yeah. Speaking Actually, of restaurants in Columbia, I think I'm gonna we're all uh, do my own show, and I'm gonna Walk have around. like uh, go to Rosewood's Dairy Rosewood Dairy Bar. Yeah. On my phone and broadcast Solid. live. This is this is this is. Damn We're it, opening sir. up a can of worms. All right, We're we gotta up go. Brad, Brad, Brad knows a lot about Columbia too. I'm sure he would much rather enjoy having this conversation than you know, whatever the hell else we. Does were Brad talk live about, in Columbia? So. No, uh, he's from okay. North Carolina, but, it's but he's from Mutt's Corner. He, he probably knows where Zestos okay. is. Brad, he's from, he's, break he's it down. Oh, yeah. California Dreaming. Yeah, California Dreaming. If you want a really good salad, that's still an institution. Love it is, it. and two dollar bourbon at the bar. At least, yeah, really. Yeah, really? Well, in, in Charleston, it's still, it might be two fifty or three now. Ah, Doesn't matter. Did not still, know that. Fantastic. And it's Jim okay. Beam. It's good bourbon. It's fine. Not bad. No, not bad. No, for three dollars, yeah, I'll be there all night. Next week's all food right, we topic has to be fair food. By the way, it is. Yeah, get, and uh, our friends at Billy bag. G's are at the fair the whole time in Columbia. My man Billy. Yeah, Billy, the whole time. I'd eat, I'd eat fair. I'd eat something Billy. G. I wonder if it's like the like you know how they fry everything at the fair. Put Billy G's sauce on everything. They're Elephant he, ear I with saw sweet heat. 
I saw Mr. Bill yesterday. He was in the Low Country. He gave me a bunch of sauce and seasonings while he was Dude, here. Dude, you can't you, you, Do you want me to tell my Wild Wing Cafe doing a coach's show with Dave Odom there and people walking in uh, telling about to tell him and ask questions that he's gotten fired? Can you, you do that, that after story? the break? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. After the break, a, after Crawford, after the Fab Five. No, no, you can do it during Hang Crawford. around. I still haven't told my Eli Drinkwood story yet either. Can you do that after the break as this well? This is We're ADD radio course. if there yes, ever was we one. Sorry. <laughs> Welcome to our production right. meeting, everyone. Yes. Chicken yes. cock, chicken <laughs> Power Hour presented by the very not handsome Brian Spencer. We'll be right back. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And Chicken Cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 864- 414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. Hey everybody, this is Mo Copper from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks.
uh, 105 p.m. Make sure we clarify that. 105 p.m. on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Very proudly presented and served by Chicken Cock Whiskey and built by the TheBarnDominiumCo.com, your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot. Thank you to our dear friends at Sinorama, Matt Vaughn, just a tremendous group of people. If you've been to williams Bryce Stadium, anything and everything you see there from a signage standpoint, that's them. Sinorama in West Columbia, Sinorama.com, the preferred sign partner of the Gamecocks. It got crowded quickly, but at least uh, we're all out talented around here with Brad Crawford joining the golden tones of Mike Morgan. We're glad to have all of you collectively. Hello. Hey, Brad, what's up, man? Good to see you guys, man. Um, not that not that this audience necessarily really cares. Have any of you had a chance, by the way, just to look at next year's conference opponents? The Big Ten rolled out all these conference opponents out. Have y'all checked this out yet, anybody? Brad? Thursday is my day off, and I'm spending time with you guys. So the last hour I have spent uh, weed eating both the front and backyard. So I'm <laughs> out today. So no. Well, apparently Ohio State had something to do with Michigan's conference opponents next year. Uh, Michigan, although they'll host them, Oregon and Southern Cal, they also have to go to Washington. So the three best teams in the week all landed on the Wolverines' schedule. Ohio State, by the way, of that group only drew Oregon. Um, So, At least Bo Nix and Michael Penix will be in the NFL. So, Yeah. Well, I just saw a little while ago that um, CBS is predicting right now Spencer Rattler to be a first-round draft pick. Whose hmm. name is on that, Jamie? Oh. Who, who wrote that? I'm just curious. I mean, not to – No, you're, you're, I meant to look at that, and I forgot. Big, I mean, as we all know, kind of going it's, it's, back to our conversation on a number of things in this business now, like anybody can put together a mock draft. Like it's, sure. it's not, you know. So I'm just Ryan, wondering uh, – No, I'm sorry. If it's Ryan, he's he's pretty tied in. So he, he's he's heard from some – NFL personnel type about Spencer, if that's the case. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryan Wilson. Okay. Okay. I mean, it, it's that would be an outlier to what I've seen by some of the others. I don't think it's far fetched, but I I think the the guys that are sure to go before him, obviously Caleb, Drake, uh, Penix. They've got Shadir Sanders going before him. Too. That's a wild card. I. I I don't know, and I've been incredibly impressed. I mean, quite frankly, to me, that's the MVP of Colorado football this year, more so than Dion. He's been sacked this year. He's been incredible with with a leaky offensive line and limited weapons. I mean, he's been fantastic. Now, whether or not he's a first round grade after a combine, I I don't know about that. Um, that, that I think that's going to be interesting. Bo Nix is another guy that could go first round. And I'm sure I'm leaving a guy out. So I mean, there's only so many QBs that are going to go first round. I don't know if Rattler. Like I think that'd be an interesting bet. I've got a Carolina Panthers front office source that's Mm -hmm. been a friend of mine a while, and he believes Xavier Leggett will go before Spencer. Oh no doubt. In in April, so I'm 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 thinking Xavier's probably a maybe a late second round pick, and Spencer probably late third. As of. You mean like right now? I think with both of those guys, yeah. okay, on Spencer, I think the last seven games will tell the tale. Very much. Uh, I, I also think he's the type of guy Great. in a workout you can fall in love with his arm. Uh, I think also playing in Dowell Loggins' offense and, and all this crap they asked him to do before Dowell Loggins, uh, he's got a grasp on making reads a whole lot better than he ever did at Oklahoma. 
that's so he's a little advanced there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's going to be the last seven games for him. You know, like a, compared to like a Bo Nix, who's been been in a quote unquote college offense the whole time. You know, that's yeah, that's going to factor in. And, 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 and then, uh oh, I'm, I'm echoing. Uh, and then with Xavier, combine could put it, it, again the last seven games. If the combine could put him. I think he round. could be a first rounder. Yeah, with the, I'd with have more faith freakish, in. Yeah, you know, but, but, I, but I agree with you right now, Brad. Okay, so this Nick Nick Harbor article—that's why we got you on. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to talk to everybody about, uh, and, and maybe it's better coming from you than me and everybody else because I've been hammering it too. Sure, player player development, five stars, and expectations through five games. Just just lay all that out, man. And I mean, JC, speaking to uh, sources even outside of Columbia who have evaluated five star. I mean, you, you look at 24-7 sports, this 2023 class, 32 five stars every year. And four of those guys right now are true freshman starters. And about seven are, I'd say, impact players. So, so you're looking at most of that class is still on the bench, Nick Harbour included. Th- this is not just a South Carolina thing. You know, I see a lot of fans on social media blaming player development and the coaching staff. I mean, Nick's been on campus for essentially two months. Uh, he was not a spring enrollee. A lot of those guys, like I mentioned, starting Dante Moore, UCLA quarterback. He was a spring enrollee, learned the offense. Nick is not just learning an offense. He's learning a new position. Played tight end and edge in high school. Played very little snaps at, at wide receiver. And based on everybody I've spoke to, he is a great kid. Shane, Justin, I mean, everybody, all his assistant coaches, everybody loves Nick Harbor, say he's a great teammate, but he's kind of working out the kinks right now in practice. And what is his, you know, first full season in college football? My, my oh. question to that, Brad, would be, does working out the, the kinks include, obviously knowing the offense is something that a lot of freshmen struggle with, but then route mm-hmm. running. I think people will just assume that if you run a this and you're this tall – and you're this strong that playing the wide receiver position is as easy as just, but a lot of great athletes have played this game and they can't run routes as well as the guy that's less athletic that runs two tenths of a a 40 slower. That's two inches shorter. Those are the guys in the NFL, especially there's no margin for it. They don't wait for you to develop running routes. You either know how to run them right or that quarterback says, get on the hell off the field. Is that still a part of the the learning curve that needs to take effect? I mean, ball skills are part of it. Route running, I've I've been told getting off the line of scrimmage that that's something that in high school, if if you're a four or five star, you show up and you can beat the guy in front of you without much technique. This is the first time that Nick Harbor's also got you know great coaching too. I mean, um, no disrespect to his high school staff, but but I'm sure they didn't teach him the intricacies of you know that that position. So. I think it's very important for, for him to not only become a more physical player, but as you mentioned, be more than just a one-route guy. The, the worst thing that South Carolina could do is to put Nick Harbor on the field for eight to ten offensive snaps and just ask him to one run one route. That, that's not going to develop him uh, whatsoever. So I think right now he's about wide receiver five or six. There's some guys ahead of him. There, there's been talk about, you know, why, why has Luke Doty gotten more snaps at wide receiver? Because he's been on campus for four years. He's a college football player. Nick Harbour's 18 years old, still still learning everything, you know, there, there is to learn about being a college athlete. So, look, I'm, I'm not selling stock right now, uh, selling all my stock on, on Nick Harbour. I think he's an impact player at South Carolina. He's going to be down the road. So, uh, you know, still, still learn the position and 
it's the SEC. If if he was at a G5 program, yeah, maybe you throw him to the wolves and let him try to learn on the fly. But he'll he'll get embarrassed by SEC corners if you know he's not more than a one route guy. And I'll, I'll say this too, you know, from what I heard from my contacts, he's not. All right, so he's if you just lined everybody up athletically, he's probably the biggest, fastest combo guy on the field. But he's not playing fast right now. And, and right. It, it, it really – it's not so much confidence as it is. It's like, you know, when you're when you're flying an airplane or riding a bike or doing whatever for the first time, you're a little hesitant. It's not second nature. Like, we're teaching our 18-year-old or 16-year-old to drive right now. He, he's, like, scared to death, you know. He's going slow. He's got two hands on the wheel. Yeah. But uh, soon – but he's K. He's probably going to be K. You know, he'll go drive a go-kart like he's Dale Earnhardt, Jr., not Dale Earnhardt. We don't want to worry his mama there. But uh, you know, I mean, so it, I think I think sometimes it's just getting the hang of it, right? It's human nature, and and I think that's the problem. That's why he's not out there more. And and, and it's not like he's not playing at all either. That, that's another thing. He's getting right. Yeah. Just not I mean, a the the nation's number one corner, JC, is Carmody McLean at Colorado. He's played less than eighty snaps so far for Colorado, and and you know how thin that defense is. He's another guy. He's he's a freak athlete. You know, he was our top rated corner. And, and he's not playing at a power five school that needs needs him to be good at corner. I mean, so uh, Keon Keeley at Bama, one of the top edge rushers in his class, hasn't played yet this season for a, you know, defense that hasn't quite been elite as everybody thought it would be. So there there's several big name guys, not not just Nick Harbor, who is still adjusting to the college game. And, and like you said, you, you have to turn it up to a different level when when you're a college football player, especially at the height of you know the SEC. Yeah, and I don't can think I, anybody's questioning whether Dion can coach corners. Right. <laughs> I am. I'm just kidding. Uh, can I can I can I ask all of you a uh, a question here? Do Do you think that um, you can all answer collectively? I have a feeling I know all of your answer. Uh, if If Nick Harbor could help this team win, do you think he'd be playing more? I have a wild hunch that says yes. I would, yeah. I mean, when I when I hear people talk about stuff like this, I'm like, well, okay, well, hold on just a second here. Not one soul on earth, except for the players that wear the uniform and coach at the school, have seen every single practice from every minute, from every view. You know, they they practice, and then Brad, this is you might learn something here. They they go back and watch film after practice of the practice. Did you know that they do that? It's amazing. Great players individually. You know, it's, it's it's sort of, JB, it's sort of like the guys that, that sit in 504 at Williams-Brice Stadium every Saturday afternoon, mm-hmm. and they see the receiver, you know, wide open downfield that Spencer doesn't see. How can you not see him? Meanwhile, the quarterback has a 78% completion percentage. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> you know, fans fans know everything. We can, we can see everything on the field that, that quarterbacks with – Three guys blitzing them can't. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah, I I I sometimes laugh at the uh, at the public takes out there. Oh, that note, I talked to, I was talking to G. A. Mangus about he was still at Carolina about four years ago, and because everybody, for even people that do podcasts, and, and even me from time to time, you watch on TV. Oh, guys, wide open, you missed. Yeah, throw to the tight and, end. Yeah. And he said, "Look, <laughs> I'm gonna switch this around for you because I've got the the the, the quarterback view." And you look back and you see, well, all right, from the side view, yeah, he, he looks open. But what you don't see is there's a corner that's going to break on the ball, like three yards away. So, yeah, he's yeah. open if the ball could go, like, 
lights ludicrous speed and, and hit him in the hands, but it's not going to. And so may the Schwartz be with you, Jason. May the Schwartz, yeah, the uh, spaceballs <laughs> reference today. I'm can can I? Can I go back to uh, the two names I mentioned on Tuesday? Uh, and like, so for Leggett, I mean, to me, he's DK Metcalf 2.0. And, and when the, when the draft, when the combine comes, those numbers will resonate more. Um, to, to the point on Harbor, you take a guy like Kyle Pitts, who was a top 10 pick with the Falcons, who was an alien his junior year at Florida. Nobody could cover him if you remember that season. His freshman year, you know how many uh, passes he caught? Kyle Pitts. And uh, I don't know how many stars he was, and it doesn't really matter because he's know. the same player. One? Three. Seven. Yeah. Three passes. Okay, let me give you another guy. Uh, let me give you DK Metcalf. Uh, again, he didn't, like, arrive on campus 40 pounds overweight and run a 4-9. He, he was a freakish athlete when he got to Oxford. As a freshman, how many passes did DK Metcalf catch? The answer is 190. two. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> he got he got two. Then as a sophomore, as he figured everything out and he and he knew the offense and he was dialed in and he played all twelve games, he caught thirty nine. He caught thirty nine, uh, and in his final year he had injury problems. But my point is to, to bring it back to Harbor is that just because you're a five star and just because you're a freakish athlete doesn't mean they just put you on the field and a number of productive things happen. There's a bunch sure. of athletes like this that it just takes some time. You know, Shane uh, sort of tempered expectations on, on him and Lenora Sellers at SEC Media Days. Like, if, if yep. you heard Shane's comment with a little local media group, it was like, guys, settle down on the hype. These are two guys that we love at this program. They're, they're huge for our recruiting success moving forward. But, like, we're not going to put all this pressure on their shoulders to be all SEC guys year one. Like, that, that's where development comes in. They both have to learn their respective positions, and, and they have to, uh, you know, wait their turn. If if Nick arrived and, and he was Randy Moss during practice, trust me, he, he'd he be out there with the ones. I do Absolutely. think this, Brad, you know, considering he was injured, and look, because he didn't come in until summer, until summer two, and he's, huge. In, he's injured for two, two weeks, mm-hmm. and, and people don't realize this either, during the season – your own scout team, or you're, if you're like him, the fifth or sixth receiver, you're not getting a bunch of reps during the week because they're getting the starters and they're getting the guys in the two deep ready to go play. Uh, Jake Bentley, for example, before he made his first start, hadn't practiced with the quote unquote varsity, uh, but three times before he walked out there against UMass, which made that even more impressive. And the next week, he beat they beat Tennessee with him. But anyway. Uh, so people don't understand that they, they think everybody's practicing every day and maybe that doesn't, it's impossible to do it. You divide your team up into who's, who we're going to coach this week and who's going to be scout team. And then who's not going to get a lot of reps. I, I think because of the, the, even that, that not the macro view timeline, but the micro view timeline, I think even with that, considering he is getting on the field some, I do think that by the time November ish rolls around, we're going to start to see some signs of life out of this guy. Now, is he going to yeah. be Randy Moss, like you said? But but I, I I don't think he's done making plays for this team. This year. I don't think we're, I don't think the Furman catch is all we're going to see. I just think it's not an immediate fix, and and it's not a hey, coach, put him out there, and then and and then you don't, you're not going to miss Juice Wells. I was going to say, speaking of Juice, let's let's be honest. If if Juice was out there having his usual production. You, you wouldn't see fans clamoring for, for Nick Harbor. And if the Gamecocks were 3-2 and two or 4-1 and uh-huh. one right now, heading into there the you open, we, you wouldn't be hearing about it. So Ta-da. it's just it's – a, 
it's a negative time right now. Two and three is probably one game worse than all five of us had South Carolina, you know, heading into the open week. So I think it's just fans, you know, wanting something to kind of gnaw on and, and figure out before this home bout with Florida. That you, you, that's, I mean, the conversation's over. You just mic drop people's elbow, stole cold stunner or whatever the hell he called the damn thing. That's it. When you're losing, everything's a problem. Sure. When you're winning, oh, Harbor just isn't ready to play. But, boy, he's going to be fun to watch next year. Hats off to this coaching staff for taking their time with this young man. You're losing. Why the hell isn't Harbor on the field? I tell you what, that damn Beamer. They need to fire him. They need to hire you. Need they, they, they need to hire somebody. Well, who are they going to hire? I don't know. Somebody. It's I mean, it's, it's it's crazy. It's like Bama heading to College Station Saturday. If Jalen Milrow plays well and Bama wins, you won't hear one more negative thing about Jalen Milrow. It, that's that's the way fans are. A week to week college football coaches, especially, it's a yeah. week to week business. Yep. I 100% agree with I that. Think, I think part of it, too, just to put a, a period on the Harbor talk, uh, is that much like Milrow at Alabama, once they played USF, everybody realized, well, there, there really is no right. plan B. Yeah. If, if When Juice Wells is out of this lineup, you've got Leggett, who defenses have to worry about, and then you've got very pedestrian wideouts that no defensive coordinator is losing any sleep over. So it's it's almost like the theory of desperation, like, well, can we just get the five-star freakish athlete out there because he like he might do something? It's easy for fans to do that, but if you're coaching staff, you've got to think a little more big picture than that. Not to mention how many teams out there can afford to lose a left tackle in August. I mean, or in in spring and be able to recover from that two. and still be elite offensively. Yeah, maybe maybe two or three. I mean, you actually what you can make an argument, and I, I don't know that I would make it because I don't know that it's true. But, J.C., you, you you tell me where I'm wrong here. You can make an argument that three uh, – going into what will be game six next week, that at this point in time, three of the potential five starters up front are done for the season. Both tackles and Henry and um, you know, Jalen Nichols. And, I mean, Marquis Anderson is a guy that – I mean, J.C., I'll let you kind of take it from there, but yeah. he's a dude it's that I said, feel like would be starting right now. It's been said too much that he was going to start. So, it's basically three starters. And yep. uh, Nichols, you know, there's a lot going on with Nichols anyway in the spring. Yeah. So, who knows what would have happened with him. But Casey right. Henry, I mean, to lose him – after he worked his way all the way back, claimed the starting job in two weeks. That's how good this guy is. I mean, they love him. He's a stick your face in the fan and like it guy, to quote Muschamp. Uh, he's nasty. Uh, and to lose him on the first play, I mean, God bless. I mean, there's your there's your answer, and then there it goes away. Uh, by the way, Bill, Parcells did say if they don't bite when they're puppies, they're not going to bite. But I know a good friend of mine played for Bill Parcells. He did absolutely nothing his first year with the Giants and lasted like seven or eight years. So, I, I, you know, whatever. I mean, that that's not really applicable to anything in college football. Uh, seeing as how just about every year, the if you look at the All American team and you go back and look what they did as freshmen, most of them did jack squat. So yeah, I don't, I don't think that's applicable at all. And I think it's completely unfair for anybody to kind of, you know, try to put that on Harbor or the coaching staff right and, now. And I'm, I'm going to say one more thing coming out of the Tennessee game. There, there's a third and one pop pass to to Luke Doty who was coming in motion. He actually wrestled through a tackle and got the first down. But that wasn't good enough for the fan base. They wanted to see Nick Harbor 
catching that ball. So I don't know, man. It's and he uh, would have gotten sold in half, like yeah, like, right. Jack, like like <laughs> Edwards, <laughs> like Edward Scissor hands hands against Jack Skellington. I mean, okay, at, at least there's a wideout, you know, not named XL, who's actually falling forward for yardage and not, you know, coming back for the football and falling back. <laughs> oh, gosh, I've heard some good ones today. Mike earlier talked about Florida getting their pants pulled down, and now we got uh, – or de-pantsed. Uh, now we got Edward yeah. pantsed, Edward Scissorhands. This is this is fantastic. Hey, do you all want to do me – Brad makes picks every week. Do you all want to do me the honor of putting my season record up, or y'all don't want to do that, or – He's sixteen and four. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, here, let let us humor you, JB. Yes, here, hold on. Now, now that that's against the spread or straight up against the spread. ATS. Wow, that's why. Yeah, because if it was straight up, I'm with you, Brad. Like, I don't brag about just picking twenty point favorites to win. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm twenty three and seventeen. Not not sixteen and four though. Hey, well, hey, I'm also whipping them and just picking games too. So, I mean, I figure I'll just get out now. Because they're not nobody's going to be better than eighty percent. Twenty three and seventeen against the spread is pretty good, Brad. Yeah, really is, good. is Devin Leary going to play well in Athens at night? Because you know Ray Davis is going to get shut down Saturday night. See, that's, I just said that, that's Brad. Part of our Fab Five. <laughs> yeah. That's part of our Fab Five, and I'm struggling with that game because every the the every time I play it in my head, Rain Man style, I see Ray Davis. Uh, running up the gut, and the right. those holes that were there against Florida are <laughs> not. And I then see, he tries I see 31, to, yeah, thirty-one yeah. ten Georgia, you know, yeah, oh. and and to answer okay. your question, I mean, they haven't gotten what they thought at quarterback this year. Mm-hmm. You know, last year Will Levis was a pinata, even though he had the worst offensive line in in Power Five football, and they they thought, oh man, we got this kid from NC State who lit it up two years ago, and he's healthy now. He hasn't been that good. Leary just has not been that dude. They won that game against Florida in spite of him, not because of him. So. Yeah, yeah, I I want to see a great game, and I might even pick Kentucky to cover 14-and-a-half, but it could get ugly. I, yeah. I I think this is more about Georgia and less about Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course I, it does, because Georgia's I, not as good. There, I, I, there's just – it's – we've been waiting on them to kind of like, oh, there they are. Hey, they kicked it into gear. It's all good. I, I don't – I don't – I don't know where that's coming. Here's what I'll say about Brad White and Mark Stoops, uh, and and don't take this out of context. I'm, I'm not saying these Bill Belichick, but what they do as well as any Bill Belichick. What Bill Belichick is famous for, whatever your best weapon is, you're going to beat us without him having an, a terrific night, right? So I look at Brock Bowers, and he's to me he's clearly the best weapon Georgia has. They don't win that game against Auburn without him. I don't think Bowers tears it up against Kentucky. I think they will – Brad White will get together with Stoops, some long nights full of coffee and whatever else, maybe some some bourbon bourbon as well, and they will say, we're going to hold Brock Bowers in check. And and if Carson Beck beats us and if they beat us with their running backs, great. But we're not going to let Bowers just run free and go crazy like he did in the fourth quarter against Auburn. I think think tempo is going to ultimately give Georgia its first loss later this season when when Lane Kiffin goes to Athens mm-hmm. I think Ole Miss is going to win that game yeah I I, t- I tell you what I I would not be shocked either this is going to sound bizarre I would not be shocked next weekend to see Florida walk into Columbia and walk out losing by two or three touchdowns 
and then two weeks later being in an absolute tussle with Georgia. In the, yeah, because Billy will be coaching for his job if that happens. <laughs> There's no <laughs> doubt. And I'm going to say this because nobody can kick me off of my own program except for Phil. Um, it is still the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, and I don't care yes. what anybody else That's tries great. to tell me. It's and it's also the Red, Red River, River shootout, shootout this week, yeah. weekend, That's too. right. <laughs> Have you guys seen the, the early line for South Carolina, Florida? One. Yeah, one. One. I'm I'm gonna hammer that because that that's a that's a must win game for Gamecocks. Yeah. Hey Brad, I want to read you a quote before we let you get out of here. I I find this very bizarre. Uh, we learned today that North Carolina's uh, Tez Walker is all of a sudden eligible, which is really not shocking. There's New probably a, there's a lawsuit out there. Yeah, I, I'm a lot of people probably actually haven't heard, uh, read the quote, but I want to get uh, I want to get your response to this quote. This is from the NCAA. The NCAA has issued this quote, quote, it is unfortunate that North Carolina failed to provide important information, this important information previously. Apparently there was information, by the way, that was made available to the NCAA that had not been by the Tar Heels. So that he leads off with that. While we must be careful not to compromise a student athlete's right to privacy when it comes to sensitive issues, we want to assure the Division I membership and everyone watching how the new transfer rules are applied, that this meets the new transfer waiver standards. North Carolina's behavior and decision to wage a public relations campaign is inappropriate and outside the bounds of the process UNC's own staff supported. Had the UNC staff not behaved in this fashion and submitted this information weeks ago, this entire unfortunate episode could have been avoided. That is from NCAA President Charlie Baker and D1 Board of Directors Chair Jerry Moorhead. Okay, so did did Charlie just admit that he put UNC in detention for four weeks and now they're out of detention, so now he's eligible? Because that's what it sounds like. It sounds like for improper filing of paperwork or whatever. Since since UNC tried to make a public mockery of the NCAA, they deemed him ineligible. Well, you know, that that, that makes me want to back off Syracuse plus eight Saturday now. Speaking oh, of the Fab uh, Five, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that probably you're right. Think mm. about anybody that took that. They're sitting here going, "Whoa, whoa, whoa shoot, wait, what?" Right, mm. early line, yeah, mm. yeah. I think that the NCAA is embarrassing themselves. That 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 quote there, nobody's gonna. They did themselves no good by publicly saying that. So, all right, uh, well, the Gamecocks can't lose this weekend, Brad. That is always good news. I don't think. Get to watch Saturday and uh, not fret over a night game or, you know, a possible possible loss. That's right. Thank you for Thanks, jumping Brad. in. Go go out there and finish up your yard work, my man. We'll see you soon. Good to see you guys. Thank you. There Thanks, you Brad. Brad Crawford, always pretty good insight from uh, 247 Sports, which is also the home of this website called thebigspur.com. It is your home for Gamecock information. Which you can also log in on the Chief Sports app and stay logged in. It's a very easy way to just shoot right into the big spur right there. All right, um, we do need to uh, step aside. It is time for a timeout. When we return, speaking of the Fab Five, do y'all want to go ahead and make our picks or do should we yeah, just. You know, yeah, and we okay. got Eli Drinkwood's story I still have to tell. <laughs> J- JC's been sitting on pins and He's going to tell that story deal. Friday. He's hey. just going to work chat row what? for three hours by himself and tell that story. I was, I was about to say, Mike, that's how I'll, um, we'll get we'll get him to work here. Uh, you know, Hey, JC, why don't you just tell that story tomorrow? Okay. 
No. All right. Well, that and uh, I want to mention the MLB. <laughs> good, good talk. See you out there. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, and uh, the Braves are going to win the World Series. We want to remind all you Phillies. I like to so. describe some of this show as oh, comfortable okay. awkwardness. We, we bring we bring some comfortable awkwardness to the table. We all really like love each other. You we know? really do. We really do. But you know, there's there's going to be some just kind of hiccups in the road, and that's the. For the fans out there, it's 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 fun to watch because you just you you don't know what the hell is going to happen. You that, really don't. That, that was my we, moment to squeeze in um, uh, Steve Martin from um, uh, the um, what's the movie with where he was the colonel, um, Sergeant Bilko? Sergeant Bilko, Sergeant Bilko. Uh, and <laughs> wow, and that is neither a fiver nor a dimer. But uh, no. Okay. oh no, I love I love Sergeant Bilko easy. You, you missed J.C.'s Spaceballs reference, but you quoted Sergeant Bilko. Dude, it's Steve Martin and um, and uh, t- uh, what's his name? Uh, t- uh, Hartman. Phil Hartman. Who Phil yeah, Hartman. Phil Hartman's good in that. Moment. Brilliant. Uh, Phil Hartman is brilliant. And I've just got to say this since you brought it up. Uh, there's a, a, a podcast out there, not a show, not like, not like what we do here, but an actual podcast once a week with Spade and Dana Carvey. So, oh, that's and, hilarious! <laughs> and, and it is it, it's uh, it's called uh, Fly on the Wall. They did a two day tribute to Phil Hartman, and had all these people on. And I'm here to tell you, uh, for you younger generation, the twenty something year olds that didn't watch SNL in the '90s, nobody was ever more talented on that show than Phil Hartman. And I will stand by that. And if it wasn't for his crazy ex wife, who murdered him in cold blood, we'd still be uh, gifted. The, the the brilliance of Phil Hartman. So since you mentioned him, I had to get that in. Remember Thank Sassy? You. He's like, I feel like I'm in the middle of a Senior Sassy sandwich. A sassy okay. magazine. <laughs> I love That's Phil Hartman. That's so Sassy. Un- unfrozen caveman lawyer. And oh, I love Steve your technology Martin. frightens me. So I don't know what a cell phone or a fax machine is, but what I can <laughs> tell you, he's entitled to twenty million in compensatory damages. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a civil caveman. Just a simple caveman. He he had a good Clinton too. Uh, Daryl Hammond probably was the best Clinton, but he did Clinton, Clinton. Reagan, Reagan. He could do anybody. He he could do any was and he could play it straight too. He didn't have to be the over the top guy. He could do it all. I don't know how he did that. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Mike, you and I could have never been roommates though, because we would have never wanted to watch the same movies. No, but you know it's like we talk about this on JC and Morgan. Uh, as long as you do the no, dishes, but, I'm okay. You could still we could still be roommates. But like when JC and I would do, dude. don't leave the dishes. Yeah, don't, do don't leave dirty dishes. I can't stand that. Uh, but the the brilliance of when we do five and dime is we we have similar tastes, but we also have different tastes. And so there'd be a movie that I've seen a hundred times he hasn't seen, and then he'll love one that I'd be like, I saw it once and I can't do it again. That's the brilliant. I mean, that's good. That's that's yeah. the confluence of different opinions and takes and tastes and vibes, and that's what we all bring together in a kumbaya way here on the Power Hour on ITG. J- hey, J- folks, it's JB, and as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com, and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks.
Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style in seconds. They're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured, they provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998, or you can go to Elite Roofing. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. Final segment on a uh, what is a pretty beautiful Thursday afternoon. Hey, you know it's going to be colder in Beach Mountain, North Carolina, and Maggie Valley this this weekend than in Chicago. Probably, yeah. It's uh, there's a like the high. Well, I told well we already talked about the mountains earlier. If we go yeah, up there, but 50, the high 50. on Sunday down here in the Low Country is only like seventy. I, I'm gonna settle some of the chat box real quick. Uh, Mario <laughs> Anderson did struggle in pass protection. I don't know that that wasn't, you know, I, I'm not going to excuse the running backs coach for not maybe coaching him up a little harder in that because he's clearly the best running back on the team. So you're both right. He's the starter now. He's good at pass blocking. Let it go. 
stop holding everything. I mean, it's it's in the past. It's over. Okay, you can't go back and replay those games. Okay, that's number one. All right, number two. Somebody says don't start the FCSO lineman. Okay, so do you want to bench Nick Gargiulo, who's probably the best lineman on the team? Right. Go ahead and bench him and see what happens. You know, uh, this FCS talk drives me crazy. The, the running back, you guys are sitting there clamoring for us from Newberry College, which is D2. Juice <laughs> Wells came from FCS. Uh, the best rushing end in college football is a guy named Jared Verse at Florida State. He played at a college I've never even heard of. They're below FCS. Albany. Yeah. That's right. City College of New York at Albany. State University. No, Sunny. So State University of New Suny. York, Albany. Suny, yeah, Suny. yeah, yeah. The yeah, retreaters, they made the, the NCAA in basketball one year. There were 16 That that, that sounds like a made-up Will Ferrell movie college where, like, you know, a big frat party happens, <laughs> yeah. but they, that's it. That, that's, and, that doesn't even and, sound and, real. And you guys that are bitching about Fugar, I agree. He has struggled mightily and is less than ideal. No, no question. Number one, he's got three more years, so get off of him. Number two, he's not any worse than Tyshawn Watermaker was against Tennessee. <laughs> I mean, I, and Wanamaker's been here four years, so I don't know what you want him to do. You know, I would quit singling out individual players that are working hard for their scholarships, the NIL money, whatever they're getting, uh, and chill out. You know, you want to get on the coaches all you want, that's fine. I don't know what the hell they're supposed to do about the offensive line. I, I You know, I agree about Mario. Hey, but you can't go change it. You can't change anything about the running back room right now. All right, so stop uh, – Stop this madness in the chat box. And this uh, is this, uh, this whole coaches this and coaches that and bashing players. I mean, come on, man, they're your players. This is what if Fugar goes out and plays well Saturday, next Saturday. What are you gonna say then? This is my uh, LT said. moment. That brings me to my next point. Don't smoke crack. <laughs> All right, but before Mike tells his story about interviewing Lawrence Taylor a couple weeks ago, <laughs> I'm going to hey, tell the I won't tell Frequent's thing. Because uh, I know it's, like, it's a great story. Mike actually did interview Lawrence freaking Taylor a couple of weeks back. At a golf club um, in Atlanta. Yeah. And know, he was uh, drunk off of his you know what. I think we, he's earned that. He probably he committed seven FCC violations in a 15 minute interview. <laughs> I blank you not. <laughs> Sounds like Patrick Davis. Six eight of the fan is still paying FCC fines for the Lawrence Taylor interview Lawrence that Taylor. I did. I, yeah. I didn't request him, and my partner Chuck Oliver was looking at me like, Mike, he's drunk. And I just said, I know, but they want us to interview him. So <laughs> here we go. So I can Let's give him LT. I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I can say I interviewed maybe the best defensive player of our generation. Um, he was drunk as a skunk and looked at me when I asked one question. Like I thought maybe he was going to reach across the table and take a swing, uh, and then he realized, oh no, it's 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 a harmless question. But yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> Chuck and I are still recovering from that. All right, so Eli, drink. So so I'm going to take you back to 2017. Gamecocks go eight and four. They fire Kurt Roper, which yeah. needed to happen. So uh, McClendon gets the, the OC job for the bowl. It's kind of this tryout. Bentley's coaching quarterbacks. And the first name I heard was Eli Drinkwitz, who was at NC State at the time, uh, as the OC. And I know this was right because even though, like, 
gosh, even maybe even Tony had said, no, it's not Eli Drinkwood, said name some other names. And, and then at the end, uh, who would have gotten it had it not been McClendon? It was going to be Eli Drinkwood. Uh, and, and you're like, well, how does that make any sense? All right, well, think about this. Muschamp was two years removed from coaching where? Auburn. Who was the head coach at Auburn at the time? Gus Malzahn. Mm-hmm. What coaching tree is Eli Drinkwitz from? The Malzahn coaching tree. He's from Northwest Arkansas. He's a hog, just like Gus. Just from that little tree up there with all those coaches. Um, so a year later, Scott Satterfield takes Louisville, leaves App State, and Drinkwitz gets App State for a year. They come to Columbia. They, they hold his office to 202 yards, yet App State beats South Carolina. The next year, in a game Mike Morgan is also calling, Missouri comes during the pandemic, gets up 17-0. Gamecocks put in Luke Doty. Doty cuts it back 17-10, so they win again. Beamer's first year against a god-awful defense, Marcus Satterfield ball takes over. Gamecocks only have 250 yards, lose 31-28 out in Como. Uh, And then there was the debacle last year, and he rubs it in and talks smack and makes snide comments every single there you go. Didn't get his chance. Yep. He wants to rub it in. Take the cigar. So you're telling us it's Ray Tanner's fault. <laughs> oh. No, no, no. no, no, no. Actually, actually, kick up you, that crowd. You guys, no. could, you guys could probably blame Will Muschamp, you know, because you blame him for everything else. You blame Will Muschamp because he promoted, there you go. There's, promoted there's something. I was just pulling one of the popular blame names out of a hat there, you know? Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. That's I'll become... Say, it's just the wheel of blame. There's Will's yeah. face. There's Tatter's face. You yeah, know, that's, Pastides. That's become part Dave of my, Odom, like, Dave Odom fame. was on there somewhere. Bowtie. Know? Don't yeah. forget Bowtie. Oh, Bowtie. R.I.P. That's become part of our fi- our, my family, uh, yeah. like, our, like, guys group, like, our text. And, like, when we're around, anything happens. You know, the other day, one of my kids dropped a plate of food on the floor. God damn it. Coach Tanner. What are you... I blame you know. Mark Calvi. Oh, your yeah, kid yeah. dropped his food on the floor. That's a Mark Calvi problem. That's the fire not... Calvi yeah. stuff was awesome because then uh, he goes out. He goes out and the national, the national championship. championship and then he bails. With the best pitching staff and, in the country. Yeah. And and has, and has done good work at South Alabama. Like the, and and yeah. that's still like you'll see a tweet or something on a message board when somebody's overreacting like fire Calvi. And it's oh, yeah. it, it's amazing how that resonates 10 years <laughs> later. Like, okay, I did what I said was stupid. Fire, fire Calvi made me see the light. I'm overreacting. I'm overly emotional. I need to. I need to take a chill pill. Fire Calvi. See, there you go. We need to drain the whole athletic department. Mainly Tanner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the fo- football program. All right. So well, the let's get rid of them all. Just let it. Up, <laughs> uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Knock on some doors. Who wants a job? So if you if you drain the athletic department right now, basically you're not satisfied with men's basketball, which has been <laughs> shitty for what twenty? They've been in the SEC thirty years. They've been fifty years actually. Fifty. You can bring yeah, Eric Hyman back to hire Darren Horn again. So yeah, that works. He, he, yeah. Well, a baseball program that just went to the. Uh, the the Sweet 16 or whatever national championship level women's basketball program. Yeah, uh, the women's sports always do quite well. Men's soccer is yeah. sort of a dumpster fire, but the, the people that follow that sport tell me it's supposed to be turning around at some point. So that's why we want to fire Tanner. Hmm. I think is, I was there, is it really that bad, folks? I was just, around. I what was, was around. it? We hired Muschamp, right? Well, who was he going to hire outside of that? Who was, who yeah. was the next? Who guy? do you think Eric Hyman would have hired? He would have hired yeah. a search firm because he knew very little about coaching yeah. and, and who to hire and who to interview. He would have hired 
Eddie Folger helped him make the basketball hire. I don't know who he would have entrusted have in a, his search committee to hire a football coach. I but. have a Willie Taggart vibe. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, could I totally see that. <laughs> I could totally see Hyman hiring Willie Taggart. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Look, eventually there's going to be a new AD in town, and and you're, you're going to be surprised how much that you think is Ray Tanner's fault is not. <laughs> You're just gonna, it's going to be an epiphany for a lot of folks that yeah. just continually bang that drum because it's become, I don't know, I guess i got to blame the AD. That's not the answer to winning and losing. Are there, there's some things Tanner probably think, believes he could have sure. done better. He's not, and, he's and not perfect. He's not perfect. If he could no. have a mulligan on Muschamp, he would, just Absolutely. like the Florida yeah. AD would have a mulligan on, on uh, Dan Mullen. Just, I, you find me an SEC AD that has gotten – significantly more than right, right right than wrong and I'll show you a unicorn they they're all and this is from Jeremy Foley conversation I had with him years ago and Jeremy made some bad hires quite honestly uh and contrary to popular belief he did not hire Steve Spurrier just like Eric Hyman did not hire Steve Spurrier he got to enjoy some of the success by proxy but he had nothing to do with football the best thing Eric Hyman did was stay out of the way and tell people to get a haircut uh, if you go back and you look at the ADs in this conference and who they've hired, and some of them have had, quite frankly, have had more history, more resources in South Carolina, most of them have failed. Most of them have flat out failed. So just do, don't just live in the vacuum and in the bubble. Look around you and see what's going on and ask yourself, like, you, you really think that's the problem? Like, that's what's wrong with South Carolina? What was what was wrong the other hundred years of Gamecock football mired in mediocrity minus a four year stretch where they happened to get a Hall of Fame coach who wanted in the SEC and the South Carolina job was open and Mike McGee closed on it. But make no mistake about it. Steve Spurrier wanted South Carolina. It wasn't like some brilliant thing that Mike McGee said over a steak dinner in Columbia. Steve knew about the history of South Carolina, knew that it was an underachiever, and said, I can do there something that's never been done. And guess what? That's exactly what he did. But there was no brilliant AD play in that one either. Oh, I you, guess you, Some was... people just like, you don't understand what an AD does. <laughs> and nowadays, more the 90% of it is fundraising. And there's nobody that works his ass off more than Ray Tanner raising money. You don't see it, but it's there. And he is busting his you-know-what. And much more than, quite frankly, an Eric Hyman did. Eric took new TV money from a new TV deal and improved facilities, just like Ray has improved facilities with a lot of money that's been influxed from more TV money. But to make this claim that, like, all these other ADs in the history of South Carolina made these brilliant moves and hires, where are you, where are you getting this from? By Who's way, your source? I'd love to see it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fill you guys in on the, on the McGee thing. Some of you are probably too young to remember. Uh, Mike was working uh, – Pretty close to that situation when Spurrier was hired, so he, he knows what he's talking Barry. about. And, and look, Barry. Mike, McGee was one that would shoot for names. I mean, he would. Yeah, um, and, that was and, his signature. You know, I thought he'll hire the big name. I thought I think all of them have had their strengths and weaknesses. I think McGee's strength was big name splash hire. He kept some old money people happy by keeping prices low and things like that. Knew where to go. He let facilities lag twenty years. So Hyman comes in, has to restructure all that. And frankly, it's taken the whole Tanner era to get up to par in the SEC facilities. That's right. Very true. Um, And and Hyman 
bless him, was not good at hiring coaches except the women's basketball coach, which that was not – Don was not even his first choice. It was Sylvia Hatchell. But once Sylvia turned he was smart enough to go hire Don Staley. And he did hire Frank Martin, which delivered the only Final Four in the history of the program. But Frank was fired. Mm-hmm. And well, he, had, yeah. had Ray left and gone to take another baseball job, uh, that job was Chad Holbrook. So and, and Ray and, and Hyman was ready to chase Ray off. Here's here's some facts for yeah. you. Yep. Uh, a lot of people go. don't know this. Hyman was chasing Ray off. It took a deal in the midnight hour. Other executives had to go because I know I know the whole assistant coaching staff. They had talked to their wives. And Eric was clearly ready to make a move. He wanted to lay his stamp on his brilliance in athletics, was ready to chase off Tanner before two national titles and three more Omahas. Yep. So the staff was already prepared to have to go to A&M. That's not what they wanted to do, but when you got an AD who clearly wants to bring somebody else in. So for those of you that are mad that, Eric, that Ray Tanner had the gall to leave his coaching job, just remember if it was up to Eric Hyman, he would have been gone, period. Mm-hmm. You would have never been sitting on two national championships. Eric also... With the extension of Dave Odom, the hire of Darren Horn, and 10 years of, 10 Mar- of, of Frank Martin, that's one NCAA tournament in about 20 years of college basketball. Okay? One NCAA tournament in 20 years of Eric Hyman moves in the sport of men's college basketball. So if you want that brilliance back, he's out there because Texas A&M fired him in about two years. Yep. They were ready to move on. They had him come build half the stadium in there. All right, well, you're done now. You built your stadium. We'll see you later, Eric. Because he didn't want to give someone a raise. And they're like, ah, well, I'm sorry. You don't make that decision here. Well, yeah, I mean, he wanted to do – he wanted to do – I remember the, the second NIT or was the first NIT we went to, he wouldn't allow the band to travel because he wanted to brag about how much money he saved by not sending the band. It's like, Really? This is an SEC program. Oh, uh, yeah, they didn't send the pep band to the 2006 Thursday night season opener against Mississippi State. You're, to start you're, say what you want about the NIT. You're on ESPN. It's the only game going on, and other schools travel to bring their band, but you don't. So, again, I'll never, and let me I'll get, never get Carol scored uh, a touchdown. Everybody's in the stands going, bop, 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 And let me, let me just say this for those. I, I know Eric Hyman. I, I had lunch with Eric Hyman multiple times after I moved on. This is not personal. I actually like him. He's a good man. He's he a good man. man. There's, there's nothing, but I'm just telling you, if you want to talk reality of the decisions that have been made with Gamecock Athletics, I'm pretty familiar with the last three ADs and what they did and what they didn't do. Uh, and like I said, eventually you're going to have another AD and if you think that every move that he makes in the coaching realm is going to work out like sunshine, you're probably going to be mistaken because just like almost every other SEC program, it doesn't work out that way, folks. It just uh, Tennessee, through multiple ADs, made a mockery of football and basketball hires and turned a once-proud program into a dumpster fire that they're still trying to crawl out of. Yeah. Is that because every AD that they hired was an idiot? No, it's because they, they were wrong more than they were right. Uh, it's just a fact. I can I can point to almost every program in this league and show you ads with really good qualifications that made fi- hires of coaches that were fired three four years later because it turned out to be a terrible hire. Yeah, and look, right, Dave, David says, "Tell me who Tanner has hired that was successful." Well, so far Shane Beamer. Um, 
Yeah, when nobody else much, would hire him. He spends too much money on facilities instead of coaches. That's not true. What does that mean? Money what is too, what, hold on. What is too much money? What does that mean? You don't enjoy the things of Williams Bryce or in Founders Park or – what are you saying? What do you not want? Do you want your money. legs to get peed on every time you go in there to the bathroom in the south end zone? Money, and I'm, money, I'm just confused. So what, money what, is what not is it? prevented them from making one single. Like what? Hire. What does that mean? What and what hires? Let's go through them. Well, let's do it. Let's do it real yeah, quick. Because right, I, lo- I love this. This is my favorite conversation football, to have. Football. Football. You had to hire Chad Holbrook. There wasn't a better hire in the country. It didn't work out. Okay. Mark Kingston's still the coach at South Carolina. Yeah. Okay. Prepared, you can argue they have. They were prepared to give Sullivan, Kevin O'Sullivan a million plus. Which yeah. is unprecedented in baseball. And they there's a reason that. why he didn't show up here because they won a national championship. Yeah. That's right. Right? So he stayed at Florida. And there's some other things yeah. there's some other things going on there, but we'll we'll that's yeah, not for personal our conversation. life. I, I know what okay. you're so talking about. All right. So so what else? Uh Don Staley was walking out the door, just so you know. <laughs> You can thank Coach Tanner for her being here. I promise you that. But we're yeah. not going down that road. She's either. flirted with plenty of other programs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So Will Muschamp did not work. It's absolutely fair to criticize that. Mm-hmm. Who, who are they going to hire? Who's the other it, one? It wasn't because of money that they didn't. I mean, that they didn't get Tom Herman and Kirby Smart. Right. It was That's because right. Tom Herman was a year. Matter of fact, the they were hiring job. Kirby Smart yeah. until Georgia fired it, Mark Richt to get exactly. it. And I can. And I'll bet. Let's make this deal too. David, okay. If Kirby Smart was here, guess what? He'd have been fired by now as well. Period. I won't I, argue with that. I, and, and, and I'm saying this in compliments to, to Kirby. He's grown as a head coach at Georgia, and you can see very that. much. And he and inherited he, a bunch of talent for that 2017 team, and it got he bought him a couple of years to make those mistakes. Mm-hmm. And and they just recruited, recruited, recruited. It's easy to recruit at Georgia. He's taken it up a notch, and he's loaded. So there, there's no equivalence there. And and I think his plan on offense would have been a lot more conservative than Will's plan. Plus, you don't get Jake and, Bentley. And David, it didn't matter how much money 10. Georgia offered. It didn't matter. He was going to Georgia. It's his alma mater. It didn't it's matter a, if Carolina offered him more money. Job. He was going to Georgia. This you're making an idiot out of yourself, dude. dude if, if Who if hired Dawn? That's not the question. I mean, you don't know what you're talking about. If Kirby Smart had come to South Carolina, signed the paperwork, Which, taken the job, Georgia to come and offered it. He would have left South Carolina Bobby Cribbin style in the middle yeah. of the night and That's taken right. Georgia. It's his There's album. No doubt. He's a dog, man. So was Who Tom was Herman. Tom it's Herman wasn't going to be here more than two years if he, he won the Texas nine games. job all along and everybody well, so was leaving. And they knew he was going to get it. So there you go. So, so that's, uh, so there yes, you go. With that. So let's talk about Shane. So the three choices when Shane, uh, when Shane got the job were Billy Napier, uh, Scott Satterfield, and Shane Beamer. Now, Shane's salary was not high when they hired him, but salary is not based on – it's not like, you know, okay, we're going to go pay our coach that's, you know, been a, you know, been an assistant somewhere else. We're going to go pay him $8 million because we can. You pay according to experience. It sounds weird, but it's just like any other job. You got head coaching experience. Your, your salary, no matter who you are, is going to be higher. So Shane did have a low salary, but hiring Shane had nothing to do with low salary. They've never not been able to hire a coordinator because of salary. A couple Muschamp had two million dollars. How are you, how can you say they don't spend money on coaches when South Carolina spent two point three million dollars a year on Brian McClendon and Tavares Robinson? <laughs> right, exactly. How in the hell is that a problem? You know, I mean, they, 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 they you know, Bobo walked out the door. They could have matched Bobo's salary, but you know what? They didn't want to get them back and forth. But that was Shane's decision, not Tanner. Look, look at this. Look at this guy. Does this guy have a brain? 
Georgia wasn't even in his mind till USC offered him. Georgia wasn't in his it's mind until they fired Mark Richt and offered him. Yeah, right. Okay? Georgia wasn't available. Okay. Are you that's number, that's number one. Mark Rick built Georgia. Mark Rick built Georgia no. to about an 8 out of 10. Kirby Smart's the one that's won the national championships. Yeah. I mean, dude, like what's said, your what's your name on the message boards? Which idiot do I need to know who you are? I just because don't like this this is we deal in facts, not feelings. Okay, these are all facts. By the way, what Quantrell just posted has some validity to it. Absolutely, that's a nail. Yeah, hammer me nail. There you go. There's no doubt. It doesn't matter. We could have a we could have a twelve hour program on that. Yeah. So By the way, do you know? I mean, it, for those that Josh Heupel may or may not be great. I don't think Tennessee is particularly great. I know they played well against Carolina. I also watched them get worked up, worked over rather against Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that think, and, and again, we're we're talking about good people. Good the ads here. They're all qualified in their own way. But jo, the, that was not uh, Mr. White's first choice. Josh Heupel was like number three or four. And when that hire yeah, was made, every Tennessee fan on the planet said, why the hell are we hiring the guy from UCF? This is yeah. a joke. It just so happened it's worked out. But all the ADs before that for didn't now. work. I've talked about this for now. Exactly. Uh, Florida had Charlie Weiss, uh, excuse me, um, had Chip Kelly turn down the job. Scott Frost. And Scott Frost turned down the job. Florida. So Scott Frost could go to Nebraska and Chip Kelly could go to UCLA. You don't always get who you want. It's not just a money play to J.C.'s point. They, they didn't lose those guys because of money. Tennessee didn't lose out in the people they wanted because of money. Not everybody want, every pro, every fan of every program thinks their job is the best, that their, their program's the best. Coaches are running on a different wavelength, and coaches want the job that has the best resources and tradition and recruiting footprint and money. How many coaches are turning down the Georgia job for South Carolina? None of them. None. There isn't Especially one. Kirby Smart who freaking played there and his <laughs> wife's from Athens. Come on. He wanted dog. that job. So I, I mean, I talked to Kirby when he's at Alabama as the D.C. for Saban. It was well – all he would do is wax poetic about the good old days when he was a safety at Georgia playing for Ray Golf and, and the and, Gator and, Bowls and the this and the that. I mean, that dude bo- lives for Georgia football. He was I taking will. Georgia. Also say this, had Georgia not opened, he was coming to Columbia. And, you you know, yes. you guys like Kirby so, so much, and, and I, I do. So you know, Kirby had, Kirby didn't think Georgia was going to open. He had his eye on this job because Ray Goff, who was a co- his coach in college, was an assistant here. Uh, I think he got an idea when he came over that year 2010, and they got their butts beat what this place could be. Um, he was intrigued by taking over for Steve Spurrier. Uh, Kirby Smart to South Carolina was a thing for like three years. And on, if Georgia had not surprisingly fired Rick, right, it, it would have been a situation. I mean, t- look, Tanner was literally to his, specifically Tanner, hire him. Ray Tanner was sitting That's in right. his living room. Okay. that, that and, and I remember calling my buddy over to Alabama and they were like, yeah, Nick said Kirby's probably going to South Carolina. Well, then Georgia opened and changed the game. That happens. It's life. Okay, and there's no guarantee he would have had any success here with the roster he's going to inherit and all that good stuff, uh, because Georgia's just got a be- it's a better job. There's more resources. There's a reason they're Georgia. However, you know, I, I just I, I think that you know the blame of the AD. You know, it, it, look, there's things you can blame the AD for. I think you know bathroom lines. That's the yeah, bathroom lines, parking situations. 
traffic. You know, uh, blame the AD for that. You know, if, if they do go cheap, you know, one one thing Eric Hyman used to do. Well, that's is, not always he, true, though. He, he would tell the. Like sometimes you could have the perfect plan in place and people aren't doing their job. Got it. You know, yeah. like you can't yeah, control the, if the you know some of that stuff you can't. Now, if the plan was bad, you can control that. But but that's better than after every loss going need a new AD. That's not going to solve anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, need a new D coordinator. Coach, I'm buying it. But you know, need a new this that. I mean, but you know, uh, look, you know, one thing Eric Hyman used to do to the Spurrier staff is tell them no, they couldn't pay this guy or give this guy an extra extension. You ever notice assistant coaches were kind of quick to leave? It wasn't because Spurrier was bad to work for. You know, he drove defensive coordinators up a wall. But other than that, heck, Tim and Jerry, Jerry come on over to the house. And my coaches, staff's coaches are going to go down to Crescent Beach. And, you know, that was fun. And yet you had a lot of time off, <laughs> you know. Uh, notice everybody got the hell out of here quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, That's a money. great point. That's a great yeah. point because Spurrier didn't have that problem at other spots. Coaches mm-hmm. loved working for Steve. Jay Graham didn't go back to Tennessee because it was his alma mater to work for Derek Dooley, who was obviously getting fired. He went <laughs> right. back because because Philip Fulmer was like, I'll give you a three-year contract at $500,000 a year. And yeah. Hyman was like, I'm not going to pay that. Because he did have that kind of Looney Tunes sound. Oh, we forgot to do the fat. got to do the fat five and get out. Yeah, well, that's guys. that's okay because I, I I can see the fire in in Jamie's eye and and honestly, there's more f- uh, factual information in that last diatribe than people have probably been treated to in a long time on radio yes. or message board or anything else. Just true. So take it for what it's worth, but um, yeah, there's there's hey, a look. lot of stuff out there that is complete bull. You know what? I'll use Dion's word: bull junk. Uh, and it just continues to perpetuate itself because nobody is there to correct it. And then you have the other side that feels scared to be critical at all because there were, that's not this show either. As as Jamie rightfully said, it's facts, not feelings. And those are some fat, straight facts right there. Well, and here's the thing. And I'm not, you know, um, look, we've all known Coach Tanner for a long time, okay? So um, there's admittedly a personal relationship. However, the time to judge Ray Tanner is not now. It's when he's done and what happens with what he has left behind. So you can judge the hires all you want to, but let me throw out one quick scenario before we make our Fab Five and get out of here. If in the next three years, Shane Beamer wins a national championship and Lamont Paris ends up in two sweet 16s, nobody will ever talk about Ray Tanner's hires again outside of them being successful, ever. <laughs> And if Mark Kingston goes back to the the College World Series this year or next year, Mark gets to the World Series. Lamont Paris gets to the Sweet Sixteen. We know what the women's basketball team does in the in the in Beamer. They don't have to win the national championship, Mike. And I'm not. Shoot. Let's not even say that. Let's just say they get into the college football playoff. Period. Once. In the next three years, one time, basketball, baseball. Damn that! I tell you what, boy. I tell you what. That coach Tanner, he sure knew what he was doing. He he missed on the Muschamp hire, but besides that, he was. He was really good at hiring coaches. It's ludicrous to have those type of arguments now. It's idiotic is what it is. Exactly. And it's uninformed. 
Yeah, Phil's got to get a car. Hey, Gamecock fans, Mike Morgan here. During my time in Columbia, one of my favorite places to eat was Salsaritas. When I go back now for work or any other reason, it's still Salsaritas. Yeah, I'm like you. I love tacos. I love Tex-Mex. Where are you going to go to get them? Well, you've got two convenient Salsaritas locations, one in Lexington in the Target Center and one in West Columbia as well. Now, if you like tailgating, and who doesn't? Whether it's for a football game or anything else, they've got the catering hotline. Get yourself some Fiesta packs to take tailgating. Get yourself the Three Amigos bundles for tailgating. They make catering easy with a fresh, hot setup. And again, you just call the phone number 803-543-6297 to set it up. You can also look them up online or you can even download the app. Salsaritas is just a cut above the rest. That's why they're serving williams Price Stadium and the South Stands, also serving in the Colonial Life Arena. Again, that catering hotline number, make it easy for you and the folks out there. You don't need to settle for sandwiches every time. 803 543 6297. 803 543 6297. I love it. We just I'm went into like a hot debate with some hot nah, Tex Mex. I, I'm, I'm feeling, yeah, I see the sweat on Phil's it. forehead because his carpool's coming up. So I'm like, all right, yeah, let's no. I can, I'm good. I was like, listen, a couple of hard, you know. <laughs> well, the good news is no show tomorrow. Break. So you, you're getting good. That's right. <laughs> you're getting overtime to make up for the uh, the no show tomorrow and, and all the withdrawal symptoms that the uh, fine listeners of the show will succumb to. Okay. <clears throat> Fab Five. Uh, you already saw the records. Jamie's great. The rest of us, not as good. Uh, Alabama, Texas A&M. Alabama is a one and a half point favorite. In College Station, uh, guys, for me, this this is a if if Jimbo pulls this off and they wind up in Atlanta, all is forgotten. It's uh, the Jimbo Love Fest will will actually take place in Aggieland. Who do you like, JC? I'm going with the Aggies. I will take Bama. Yeah. Who's that? I'm going Phil. Bama too. Bama, Bama. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this one was they, – they they got beat last time they were there two years ago, Bama did. I think 41 to something, what, 38, 37, somewhere in there. And, and A&M was sitting I, on the two-yard line last year about to beat him at Tuscaloosa. That's right. They, they, they ain't scared. They ain't no, scared. No, not at all. I, I But I'm, I, I really like the way that this Alabama defense has been playing. And um, so I'm going to stay with them. I think that – I think it's heartbreaking for Jimbo and – the Aggies, but Bama, Bama wins. Uh, very quietly, Texas A&M has Bama an covers, elite defense sorry. right now. They like are. They, for, for At times, they've looked pretty substandard on offense, uh, but they've got an elite defense right now. And, and people, people are remembering that Miami game too much. That was just a one, one-off. one It's a one-off. They, I think they fixed it. Yep. Whatever whatever they had to do, they did it, and they have the athletes to, that it makes it fixable. Uh, all right, Kentucky, Georgia. As I've said, I, I've I have wa- wavered back and forth on this. I'm having a hard time with that number fourteen and a half, but I'm going to stick with my initial assess- assessment that I think they actually um, go out of their way to to bottle up Ray Davis. Brock Bowers won't go nuts, but he'll still be a force, and so too will Georgia. I'll take Georgia at home, lay the fourteen and a half. I'm taking Big Blue to cover by a half. Georgia will win by 14 points exactly. I just called my bookie. I bought it down to 14. Georgia laying the fourth. No, I'm just kidding. 
Hey, A and M Bama. By the way, is down to one since we've been on the air. So, wow. Say that again. Well, we freeze all the lines, but we do the graphic. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. Don't yeah. confuse everybody like we did last week. No, no. Yeah, it's one and a half with us, but it was it's mm. the sake of salsaritas. It's one and a half for the sake of salsaritas. Uh, um, for the sake of the Fiesta Pack, let's be accurate. That's right. I'm if I, if it's if it, I'm I'm taking Kentucky. Um, yeah, I I I think that uh, Georgia just hadn't been able to put anybody away this year, and I'm not sure it starts this weekend. Nope. I, I yeah, wouldn't I argue with the logic. The, no, that half a point is what's really kind of pulling me back. But give me the dogs better than fourteen and a half at home. I'm All taking. Right. I'm going to Georgia. All right, uh, Red River Shootout. Yeah, I said it. Oklahoma mm-hmm. versus Texas at high noon. The Longhorns a six and a half point favorite. Mad Dog. Uh, I like Oklahoma to cover. I think Texas wins, but it made mm. me feel cold. JB, I like Oklahoma. I think we are in store for the best weekend of college football thus far this year, and this is one of those games. It's uh, Oklahoma covers but texas wins jc texas is the best team in the country they'll win by 17 plus i don't argue with i don't argue with the first thing that that jc just said Mm. i will say Mm. the fighting venables will show up for this game and keep it a little bit closer so i'll take oklahoma but i don't that Oklahoma yeah. defense is good now. We've been talking about revenge all episode two. And last mm-hmm. year, my God, Oklahoma had this kid from Greenville High School named Davis Bevel at quarterback Phil. I, I used to watch him play out my balcony. He right. went, somehow got a scholarship to Pitt. You want to talk about cement shoes? Mm-hmm. And somehow this guy leaked through the portal because he never played and was on Oklahoma's roster. I guess some connection through Clemson. And he was playing in that game. Texas embarrassed them. And Texas wasn't very good last year. 49 to zero. Zero. Yeah. That was the time and, to beat up on, on OU. I mean, Venables. They remember that. I mean, they, they remember that. And, and Venables had a – it was just a complete you-know-what show. And all his top players left for either followed Lincoln to Southern California or went elsewhere. They, they looked disorganized, discombobulated. They're combobulated now. I'll take Oklahoma. Oh, oh uh, I, I, hold on. I have a bold prediction we have to get to in January. It. Whoever wins this game will be undefeated at the end of the season. Regular season. I'm sorry. Oh, I'll, I'll go along with that. Yeah, I don't see safe. anybody else in the Big 12 winning. Then they're going to have to play again, though. Yeah. Well, I, Oklahoma, Mike, Oklahoma, the, 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 the one on both of their schedules that really kind of I was like, oh, well. Oklahoma's got to go to BYU on November 18th. It's a little Jeez, chilly. That's true. <laughs> it's a little chilly in Utah in late November. So That, that is true. Uh, all right, Notre Dame, six-and-a-half-point favorite against Louisville, undefeated, the fighting Jeff Brahms. Uh, Jamie. I like Louisville. Um, I just don't know – that um, they're going to be able to uh, stop Sam Hartman in this game. So I'm going to I'm going to take North Carolina to to cover this thing. I mean uh, Notre Dame to cover this thing. JC, Lord help me, I'm going with Louisville to cover. Louisville uh, to cover. Louisville not going to say straight okay. up because I'll get kicked out of the house. 
but uh, I, I think I think this is going to be very close. You'll see the magic of Jeff Brom being someplace he actually has athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he already is. I mean, dude, they want to they want a defensive struggle last week against NC State. Uh, Notre Dame, yeah, they got to survive. I think they will survive, and I think I don't think this will have any bearing on how they play Southern Cal the next week. I think they'll beat Southern Cal, but it'll be another survivor type of deal. They'll get Louisville's best shot. I see Notre Dame lining up and kicking a game winning field goal late. Plumbers played really well for Louisville. If that doesn't make you feel uh, old, that's the son of Jake Plummer. And, uh, yeah, I, I think Coach Brom's done a terrific job. That program was in the abyss for a while. Uh, but they are back. I don't know if they'll beat Notre Dame, but I think I'll keep it close. I'll take Louisville and the points. And, finally, our prop of the week, Ray Davis, 280. 280 against Florida last week, over-under against Georgia, 100 even. I'm going under. Mad Dog. We've lost Mad Dog. He's, oh, he's frozen. Oh, Mad oh, Dog froze. Uh, JB. That can't be good. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, <laughs> I think he has a nice game, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go under. But uh, probably somewhere in the 80s, maybe around 90 yards. I think he will have a good game, though. JC. Uh, somehow I'm seeing 26 carries for 101 yards. Oh, takes the over. Eke it okay. out. And it yeah. will all be like those of us that took the under will be like, ah, oh, and then those of us that took the over will be like, ah, and it won't mm-hmm. even really matter because it's probably like three yards with Georgia leading by 14. Well, the thing about a bet like this, that. too, is all he has to do is break one and you're probably yeah. hitting the over. Right. Yeah, you know, and, and that defense is susceptible sometimes if you can get a crease. You know, get if, if, if in other words, a lot of times in that, that secondary, you see this in Alabama too. You'll have a safety that gets out of position, and a running back just goes straight up the gut, and you're like, "What in the hell just happened?" Hmm. That's somebody like not knowing their assignment because it is a little complex and stuff. So they they are susceptible to things like that. But you know. Who knows? That's my that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I guess we lost Phil for good. We'll get Phil's off the air. Uh, Phil has uh, has evaporated for the time being. Reminder for, to get <laughs> well, your I can't uh, be good because he, he's got to close the program out here. <laughs> are, are we doing a marathon day here? I don't know, uh, what, what do we do? <laughs> I'm I'm hey, unplugging my laptop, so that'll be the end of my. We're like, we're like the the the, uh, the big problem in, in Superman, uh, Superman, two. like in the Superman two. The, ah, yeah, yeah. Ah, Phil, Neil before Zod. The, do you want to play Eric Church here, or can you hear me? Neil before Zod, JC. Neil before Zod. <laughs> <laughs> every, right. People always forget Marlon Brando was in Superman one. Y'all remember? Yeah, that? he was good. Richard think, Pryor was in I think in Phil Superman froze three. himself to make it look like he was frozen so he could get out of here. That old trick? Oh, that's been done for years. It works every time. I think it if does. we all sign off at once. It'll the be- internet just died here is what we got. From uh-huh. There, so as he's in the to- carpool line. Mm-hmm. I think it still records it as long as people are in the program. No, we're so good. Yeah, we're fine. All, all right, well, fun. we'll just whistle our way home. Oh, Phil said give him Notre Dame and the under. Give me Notre Dame, Dame and the under. And under. And so. under 100 yards for Ray Day. Look, Phil's still on it. That's that's a pro. That's all a right. pro. Mad dog. So, all right, boys. I'll see you for, guys next week. And for, uh, Yeah, that's right. For uh, Phil and uh, JC and Mad Dog and for David, uh, our uh, halftime entertainment today. 
we will see you on Monday at 11 a.m. Inside the Gamecocks of the show from the Sinorama Studios built by the Barndo Co. And always served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. So long, boys. (laughs) 